Blog Talk Radio. Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. And welcome to Southern Sports Central. It is a little after 6 o'clock on a Monday afternoon, and that means only one thing, and that's time for an all-new Southern Sports Central. For the next three solid hours, we've got a handful of solid guests joining us here tonight. We'll go through that here in, in just a little bit. As I'm Richie, I'm the Eugene Benton. Looking forward to a great show here once again tonight where we've uh, really kind of put all the lights on the coaches. You know, we do a lot of interviews with the players during the season, because the coaches are busy doing what? They're coaching them up. They're getting ready. You know, there's really not an, a downtime for these coaches when they're uh, in the season, if you will. They're looking at the, the plays. They're going back and reviewing what they did the week before. There's just so much that they go through, especially these head coaches, that we have a chance to get in here with as we will continue tonight at 630 and all the way through till 830. And I think we've done a great job tonight smothering and covering the state with all of our great high school coaches from around the South Carolina footprint. Now, that being said, there's some other conversations that we'll get in here in the next couple of minutes, uh, the next 25 minutes, where some uh, some conversations where wrestling uh, took the, I'd say, center stage, or in this case, center map over the weekend, and the South Carolina High School League did a great job putting it together, I believe, up at Dreer High School up there in Columbia, where they hosted, uh, you know, the 2As, 3As, 4As, and 5As. Uh, state championship matchups, and it was uh, a, a very interesting match all the way from the tees all the way to the fives and anything in between. I actually had a chance to, to get the popcorn out for the final one, which was the 5A matchup at Hillcrest and Somerville. We'll, we'll talk about that here uh, in just a little bit because, uh, you know, a great match between two great programs in Hillcrest and Somerville. Uh, all the way down, if you look at east side, they won big over May River, Belton, Honeypath, they beat Gilbert and Crescent, knocked down Berryburg Earhart for that sweep, and I mean sweep, of the upstate over the lower state in the wrestling arena. That's one of the conversations here in the next few minutes. Also, high school basketball playoffs. It is now. It is tonight. The ladies, of course, will be playing tonight, and uh, we wish all of those who are still competing uh, the best of luck as they have to win to stay in. If they don't, they won't. It's kind of like 
paying your mortgage. If you stay, if you pay, you stay. If you don't, well, you got to find another spot to call home. And for these young athletes, this would be their final match if they don't find a way to win tonight. So, again, I know Somerville's got a big matchup down the road here from the studio. We wish those ladies uh, the best of luck and, of course, their opponents as well. Uh, tomorrow night I'll be actually over at Fort Dorchester where they see a team that, uh, well, they, they, they know a little bit about in the world of football because uh, River Bluff is the team that they played in round one of playoffs. That's who they have in round one of the playoffs in basketball, and it's at the fort. So that's going to be uh, a conversation uh, for the Wednesday night show. Hoping uh, to start getting the wrestling coaches lined up for the show on Wednesday night. And, again, kind of 15-minute uh, speed dating, if you will, with the winning coaches that uh, were able to do the unthinkable, and that is complete the entire wrestling season from beginning to end and carry home some hardware. Uh, Eugene, let's bring you in, man. I know you had a busy weekend. You went down to Florida, had some fun times down there uh, with some of the kickers around the world. But, uh, man, I tell you what, it uh, was definitely a little bit drier this weekend. Uh, Myrtle Beach, by the way, hosted the Cam Newton tournament. We're going to talk about that. I'm actually going to play the audio of the young man disrespecting Cam Newton, and then Cam Newton trying to come back at him and trying to have the conversation with him. And then this was released uh, a little bit later in a tweet, I believe, where the young man actually finally apologized for his actions. But, uh, you know, it's uh, definitely a busy weekend uh, after it's all said and done. It was a busy week. Uh, Yeah, I was down in Florida um, with uh, someone. It's kind of an interesting story. Uh, You know, there's – uh, one, two, really three of the big name type of um, ranking systems, kind of that elite 11 for quarterbacks. There are three when it comes to specialists, really. Uh, four if you add in uh, long snappers. But uh, Coach Cornblue, uh is down in South Florida. He, uh, his, part, his resume in college uh, days include uh, playing at University of Michigan. He had a very famous holder in his college days at Michigan, and his holder was actually the backup quarterback, a guy by the name of Tom Brady. So that was a kind of interesting so a little backstory on the Coach Cornblue's career um, for guys that kind of go through his ranking evaluation system um, because of his ties kind of in that big, uh, Midwest area. Um, it's really helpful for guys to kind of, you know, if they want to play ball or have dreams of, of playing ball in that area, um, you know, it's very good to, to have him look at you because of the connections he has, as well as um, Florida schools, uh, really all the Florida schools, um, as well as some others throughout the country, including uh, schools in Texas, uh, really a lot of the Big 12 schools, and then add in Vanderbilt as well. He does some stuff with uh, with Vanderbilt. So it was a good uh, time. You know, I've talked to the guy via text message and DM. It's always good to put a, uh, a face with, the you know, uh, get that face-to-face time. Um, it was interesting, kind of sat on the sidelines and, and watched them kind of do the thing, you know, at this point uh, with guys that I've worked with. In the, you know, one, it's a dead period, so you're not, really, you're not allowed to coach them if there's a ball involved. And two, at this point, um, these guys are really uh, national-level prospects. Uh, big shout-out to Spencer McKinley. Uh, he's had such a great year. Uh, he was first-team all-low country. I mean, it it's windy. If any, you know, any golfers or any quarterbacks or really anybody, you know, you hit a uh, baseballs in the home run derby. If the wind's blowing in, that creates a problem. You're not going to get as many home runs. But I will say this: uh, there was a 16 mile an hour wind left to right, some 23 mile an hour gusts. I mean, it was windy. My face, my face is actually wind burnt right now. Um, you know, for McKinley to hit a 50 yarder like he did, 
threw the uprights, actually banged off the top of a fence about 15 yards behind the goal. It was a, it was a heck of a shot, so it was, it was fun. Um, got to see a couple campuses. I did get to see the indoor facility and go inside the stadium at UCF. Uh, got to see a big part of the campus at University of South Florida. Saw the Stetson campus as well. So that was a it was a very informative trip. Um, you know, it's always fun to take kids that's never seen schools like that before, maybe only seen one or two. Uh, kind of get an idea, decide. You know, do I like the big school? Do I like the small school? You know, do I like something spread out, something new? So it was very informative as part of that. And then of course, you know, they uh, they had their work with uh, Coach Corn Blue on Sunday. Uh, got back in late last night. Uh, but, you know, the whole weekend, it was kind of watching some of the wrestling stuff as well as um, some of the stuff going on at the Cam Newton 7-on-7. Yeah, definitely a lot going on. Now, this coming weekend, uh, Southern Sports Central will be over at the First Baptist location. Of course, uh, that is where you will find the guys uh, doing the South Carolina Elite Low Country Skill Camp. Of course, uh, a lot of big names ready to be there to do some big things. Of course, uh, you can find Perry Orth. Uh, Bailey Hart, Stephen Garcia. They've been taking care of the quarterbacks along with the wide receiver, coached by Jacob August, and uh, the DVs coached by Bakari Blunt. Uh, again, that's going to be over there at the First Baptist Campus at 2051 George Griffith Boulevard. That's in Charleston, South Carolina. We'll be there with these guys on Sunday. Uh, you want to get there and uh, make sure that you're early, prepared, and, and ready to go to work. So, uh, you can, again, um, get in touch with us at SO Sports Central for any more information that you need there. Uh, there's another thing coming up on Saturday. Um, I'll probably peek my head in there and kind of check, check that out as well. That's going to be actually a Danny Jones for you defensive and offensive linemen. You remember Coach Jackson? He's back this weekend and uh, kind of a last-minute thing. But, hey, here we go as uh, taking the opportunity to help those in the community, if you will. So that being said, let's, let's talk about the situation that happened at Cam Newton, uh, of course, um, seven on seven, where Cam, of course, was there on the sideline. Young man decides to uh, basically call him out and said, hey, man, you, you know, you're, you're trash, you're, you're washed up, you're no good, and uh, a few other things. And, I'm, and it rubbed me the wrong way for so many reasons. And, and because, well, let me let you listen to it, and then we'll play uh, the Cam Newton response to this young man uh, right after that. So uh, this, again, is the seven on seven where uh, a young man decided to uh, have a, I guess, a, a kind of go after Cam, if you will. Now, again, uh, Eugene, you, you heard that conversation with a young man, totally disrespectful. And, and, I, and again, I'm not you – know, I, I, I kind of towed the line here because I don't want to call this young man out, but then again, I kind of do because there was no reason whatsoever that this young man – number one, that's an adult you're talking to. That's, that's number one. That's, that's just all that being said. That's an adult. And this is a concern on many levels when it comes to parents, again – trying to be friends with who? Your, your children. Never a good idea, by the way. Ever a good idea. And, uh, and then you, you get to some of the other conversations to where you, you, you just you step so many boundaries 
in so many things to where Cam, I thought, did a pretty good job actually after that where uh, he decided he would he would walk up to him and he would try to have a conversation with him. I'm going to try to get this thing keyed up here. And this is Cam Newton talking to this young man minutes later where he was just trying to hey, cool down. And, and you heard Cam Newton, the more this young man started going at him in the first rebuttal, the, the uh, Cam kept saying, hey, I'm rich. I'm rich. And that's uh, – he was, I think, trying to throw a little bit of sand on the conversation because at the end of the day, I mean, again, Cam Newton, he ain't worried about money. That's one problem he doesn't have. And the other side of it, you know, he started saying, hey, let me talk to your dad. Let me have this conversation with your father because I'm not about to have this conversation with you. But here is a little bit later when the tempers kind of went down a little bit. The kid came over, I believe, and, and this is what Cam Newton had to say to the young man a little bit later. You know, if you want some attention, I'm going to give you some attention. The right way, bro. The right way. When do y'all play? What was y'all record today then? No, two or two What did you do? I, I wasn't able to see because y'all was two. All right, bro. What did he do, man? Does he play? He got speed. He got speed? No, he played. Oh. trying to have a conversation with the young man, you know, a, a little bit later about what happened and, and kind of what went down. Now, a little bit later, uh, and, and, again, I want to give credit where credit is due from the Carolina Blitz. Uh, our girl, Vashti Hurt, did a great job uh, getting this out there from this young man. Um, I'm not even going to mention his name because, again, I, I'm not here to embarrass the kid, but this is a lesson, and I feel like this is a lesson that, that many athletes and, and, and all kids across the country can learn a little bit of this from the situation here. And it said, first and foremost, I want to express my deepest apologies to Cam Newton, my entire organization and my coaches for my actions at the 707 tournament this past weekend. I did not intend for it to get as far as it did. First, I would like to start off by saying my parents never taught me to people to be disrespectful. As a football player, I let my competitive side get the best of me, and it was a huge miscommunication. It was in the midst of a moment, and I realize now how a lot of you took it as disrespect. I never meant to humiliate and let anyone down. I am very appreciative for my 7 verse 7 to even allow me to be a part of the community and allowing me to be a part of the team I am currently on. I realize this is a dedicated future as a young man having very big dreams, goals, but I will not allow this to stop me from getting where I need to be. 
So, again, I apologize, and I hope I can be forgiven. Again, that's the young man that went through the situation that blew up, I mean destroyed Twitter yesterday with Cam Newton, the young athlete. And, um, you know, I get the competitive side, but it was the language that this individual used. Number one, you know, you're, you're, you're cussing, you're, you're using foul mouth. That's, that's unattractive, number one. You're talking to a grown-up in this manner. There's, that's number two. And are you sorry? Are you sorry that you, 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 you were misunderstood? Are you sorry that it got caught on tape and then it was brought to the light and you shouldn't have done it? That's, that's what I'm thinking. And I don't know that this young man wrote this. I'm thinking he had some help with some of that, personally, because I get he got wrapped up in the moment. I understand that. He was very comfortable. He was there. He felt that, you know, Cam could understand the passion and the, the competitiveness. But that, to me, is a big concern with the youth that we have coming up. Because, again, you, you, you understand so much that parents are trying to, some of them, trying to be friends with their kids. And that's a, a awful idea, by the way. You know, I tell my kids every day that we're not friends, okay? You're not here to like me, okay? That's, 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 if you liking me, then, then that's a plus, but, but probably not going to happen. That means I'm probably not putting it down hard enough, and, and, and you have some, 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 some foggy glasses on but, Eugene, when I heard this yesterday, man, it, it really upset me because it, this is a grown man. This is a, this is a professional athlete. This is a guy that's giving so that you can get what you get. And, and again, I know oh, you yeah. saw it yesterday, too. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Um, so I, I have two issues, and I talked to someone, uh, you know, on behalf of the, of the show that was there. And, you know, the first question I asked was, you know, where was this young man's coach? Now, I get it. Not always on the 707 is a person's high school coach. Uh, we know a lot of 707 coaches, a lot of high school coaches. Uh, the high school coaches who just coach high school football and not 707 tend to be a little more tougher, more strict. The 707 coaches who don't coach high school football tend to be a little more liberal when it comes to being strict. Um, it, and I don't know why that is. Uh, it is what it is. Anyway, um, you know, so my question was, where was the coach? You know, why didn't the coach step in when this young man's screaming obscenities, cursing and whatnot? Because look at the jersey and the shirt this young man has on. They can identify you. Everyone in America, you know, this, as of last night, it had 4.5 million views. They know what high school this young man plays for in Pennsylvania. So now his head, head coach, principal, et cetera, may not have anything whatsoever to do with it seven on seventeen. But I guarantee you now that coach is getting, you know, getting some side eye looks. Uh Dez Bryant, former NFL player, uh made a, 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 a very good living for himself as a wide receiver. Dez Bryant found this young man's highlight tape in high school football and tweeted out yesterday and let's say let's just put it this way, it was not favorable. Uh there were a few plays that Des Bryant posted that the young man uh, uh, got roughed up a good bit and found himself, you know, kind of picking himself up off off the dirt. So I'll tell you, you know, you can be disrespectful. That's a choice. Whether you want to be respectful or disrespectful is a choice. Uh, You may not have control over the consequence of that choice. The consequence is there were so many NFL veterans saying yesterday, you know what, young man? 
you had an NFL MVP 10 feet away, you could have probably asked any question and asked for any advice on the planet. And Cam's a guy that if he has time, he's going to do what he can to advise you, help you, get you where you need to be, whatever. But instead, you chose to go at the man at his tournament that he's paying for the jersey on your back. He paid for the trophy that your team has a chance to win. And you're taking a shot at this man and doing it with such vulgarity. I mean, I was terrified. The first thing I was trying to do, honestly, was trying to find out what 7-on-17 the young man represented. Because if it was the team from South Carolina, it was. It, it, I was mortified thinking that it could have been a kid from South Carolina when we already have enough trouble with academics and trying to get recruiters to not fly over our state but to actually stop and check out. I mean, honestly, not, not nothing against Pennsylvania or this high school, you know, this young man's team or anything else, but it was a huge sigh of relief when I found out the young man's from Pennsylvania. I mean, it, it really was because I was, I was literally mortified, you know, fearing the worst that this young man was going to be, you know, representing the state of South Carolina when Cam Newton has done just amazing things for, for folks in our state. Uh, people may forget uh, a tragedy here in Charleston, the Charleston um, – and not you know the deadliest shooting. Cam Newton paid uh, 175 thousand out of his own pocket for funeral services for those individuals. And you know you may not have agreed with what his dad did when he was a college student when he was 20 years old, but the day not too long after he became a professional, my heart you know like, like the old Grinch cartoon grew three sizes when it came to Cam Newton. I mean, I can tell you story after story after story where he has literally helped us save lives. There was one young man that was a month from dying. Cam Newton threw the kid a birthday party, and surely he had cancer. kid ended up living like nine or ten months, and the parents said it was just the rejuvenation and energy that Cam put in the kid's party uh, that just gave him the extra burst of energy to kind of hold on a little longer. I mean, there's just so many stories that Cam has turned, you know, what he was given – into positive things, and 99% of the stories that you hear that he's doing something positive are for kids. They're for people who, you know, who may not have the means or the or, or ability to do for themselves, so he's doing it. I've been to the Cam Newton tournament back when it was Charlotte, and he actually – you couldn't enter that. Parents couldn't even watch, and only coaches and players because he had so much interaction. You know, they couldn't you know, risk at the time. You know, and people just coming up to him. That's just, you know, so he was actually just doing it so that he could kind of be locked inside of a bubble with just the young kids so that he could interact with them freely and just move about like he's just a normal dude. Because let's face it, he's not a normal dude. He's a celebrity. He's one of the richest quarterbacks to ever play the game. He's an NFL MVP. He played in the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, he's Panthers. He's played for the Patriots. We'll see where he goes next. But whatever he does, you know, he didn't have the best year in Tampa in New England this year, but neither did the team. You know, people had thought Brady, uh, excuse me, Belichick was the greatest coach in NFL history. He may still be, but with one or two players, that team kind of fell apart. You know, Cam didn't come in with you know the star running backs, a great loaded defense again. Sure, there are a couple players left, but the the team that played this year was not the same type of team. Uh, that won all those Super Bowls and competed for championships. So he didn't have, you know, he left the situation in Charlotte where he didn't have a whole lot of talent around him. 
and he went up there almost as a rebuilding year. So let's you know you can't put it all on him for the, the season that the Patriots had. I'll be honest with you. I don't care if Cam Newton wins a million championships or Cam Newton makes no championships. I don't care if Cam Newton's in the NFL or Cam Newton's a dude that works at the 7-Eleven. The thing I care is that Cam Newton's an adult walking down. All right, that to me is huge. That that's the start of it. All right, yeah, Cam's a, 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 and I, you know, he he is a figure. Yes, he's got all the successes and all the things you just mentioned. Yes, he does a lot for the community. Yes, all of those are yeses. But the start of it all is this is an adult. All right, that's an adult. I don't care if he's the guy, the CEO, or he's the janitor. He's an adult. Coach oh, McDonald's yeah, was part of the EPT group had this to say, and I think there's something to this too. Grownups, and this is on his Twitter account. He does a great job uh, on and off the fields, and right here on social media, Coach McGowan goes on to say, grown-ups slash adults, stop allowing kids to call you by your first name. When you allow this, they start thinking y'all are on the same level, and then they start testing the limits with you and other adults. Check it every time. It's either Coach or Mr. in front of my first name, 100. That's the bottom line. You're right. Everything that you said, Eugene, about Cam Newton, 100% right. I don't disagree. But I think that the, 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 the honesty and the policy is that that is an adult. I don't exactly. care that the kid is from South Carolina or from Pennsylvania or from Alaska, for God's sake. I care that this is a young man who could have easily, easily made one of the bigger mistakes. Now, he's young. He hopefully has a few more good years of high school. He can rebound from this. This will be a great Disney story that he can come back and be a better person. He was wrapped up in the moment. I get all that. But this, my friends, this is a lesson. This is a learning opportunity for every coach right now, every mentor right now, every parent right now. Utilize this kid's mistake to make something positive out of it. Forgive the kid. He made a mistake, all right? Let's, let's forgive him for what happened. He's a child. Let's learn from what he did. Let's teach our youth what he did was not the way that you address someone. And, again, you want to be cute, be cute, but do it professionally. Do it uh, maturely. Cussing with profanity, totally disrespectful. The things you were saying, totally disrespectful. There's, there was no, there's no way that I, I – again, like you, I cringed when I saw it. And then I saw Cam Newton. Great job, Cam, by the way. I'm trying to cool down the situation. Then all of a sudden the coach comes in and wants to get some time in there and say something. But, hey, a little late, coach. And here's why the coach wasn't there. Because these coaches are coaching multiple 7 on 17. They're different age groups. He could have been with the 13. That could have been a 15, whatever the case may be. I understand that that coach can't be everywhere with this kid. Okay? That I know. That I understand. But I also understand that respect is something that you must teach these young people coming up into this world. All right? It, it is without a shadow of a doubt. What happened over the weekend, you know what? We live, we learn, we move forward. But let's move forward taking what happened that social media about exploded in about equivalent of 12 hours. And let's get better today. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to get the bus running. And we're going to actually be landing over at uh, Rock Hill's very own Catawba Ridge High School for the first time. We're going to be checking in with uh, the head coach. Uh, help me here. Uh, I want to make sure I get his name right, Eugene. I believe it's Coach Zach uh, Lindyak. Is that how you say it? Lindyak? <laughs> 
I think it's Lignac, but we'll definitely uh, make sure we get any clarification when he jumps on here. Yeah, let's do that for sure. Just a couple of minutes away from the coach getting on the bus. It's pulling up to Catawba Ridge for the first of many, guys. Enjoy. It is now time for the coach's corner right out of this break, guys. In a time full of war and peace In a time full of doubt, just believe Yeah, there ain't that much difference between you and me In a time full of war Sports Central, live here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Richie Altman. On the other side of the glass, Eugene Benton. You can find us on Twitter at Southern Sports Central and on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. And with the introduction, like no other, we are now on the campus virtually hanging out with the head football coach of Catawba Ridge over in Rock Thrill, South Carolina. Football America, Football USA, depends who you ask. 
up there on that side of the world. And, of course, uh, Coach Zach joins us here. Coach, uh, help us with your last name because I want to make sure that we get it right here tonight, Coach. Yeah, man, it's uh, Lendak. Lendak, gotcha. Yes, sir. All yes, right, sir. Coach. Well, Coach, we appreciate you, Coach Lendak, for joining us here tonight. Congratulations. Good season. Got it done. Nobody knew what we were going to do uh, as of July yep. going into the season, Coach. But uh, before we talk about your season and where we are today, introduce yourself. Give us a bio. And let us know where you've been and what's landed you here tonight on our show uh, at this point. Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, you know, I've been I've been down here in uh, South Carolina now about 16 years and coaching football ever since I moved down from uh, the Pittsburgh area in Pennsylvania. I started my coaching over at Nation Ford right here in, in Fort Mill. And a couple of years ago, you know, the district added a uh, third high school. And I felt it was about time for me to kind of throw my hat in the ring to try to try to get a head coaching job. And I was able to land it. And, man, I'm super excited to be at, at Catawba Ridge and, you know, um, to be around a bunch of great guys and a bunch of great coaches and, you know, get to do stuff like this and get on here and talk with you guys about some high school football. No doubt. Hanging out with Coach Lindak right now on Southern Sports Central. He is the head football coach over there at Catawba Ridge, Rock Hill. Oh, boy, does Rock Hill know a little bit about playing some, uh, some high school football. Man, what is it, Coach? What, is it the water you guys drink? Is there a special Chick-fil-A over there at the border? I mean, what is it up there that seems to just spit out Talented coaches and players year after year. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a great area. The whole the whole town, you know, uh, right here. We're right here between Fort Mill and Rock Hill, and, and there's just been so much great football for years. And you know, the, the the kids buy into it, the parents buy into it. It's just different. You know, I try to tell all my buddies back home in Pennsylvania, it's just different down here. Um, you know, you watch the the movies and the TV shows and the Friday Night Lights, and that's kind of what it is. Everyone. Everyone lives for it. The kids, uh, you know, I'm just leaving the weight room now. They're putting in work, getting ready for next fall. It's a year-round thing, and, and we just – we eat it up. And, and, you know, we've been lucky enough to, to play some talent over the years, and, and now we have some of our own, which we're real excited about. No doubt. We're going to get into that here through tonight's broadcast for the next 20, 30 minutes here with the coach up there from Catawba Ridge. Now, Coach, you, you grew up in, uh, in in Pittsburgh, the Steelers. I would imagine, uh, you know, it, it's just a known fact, right? You're a Steelers fan. Is that is that yes, sir. Uh, a fact in, in the can? Yeah. So, do you 100%. bring that mentality down here in 16 years and put it together on your defense, or uh, how does that work out? Yeah, we uh, we were really proud of that defense. You know, our defense pitched us three consecutive shutouts um, in the region to help us get in the playoffs, and, and we want to have that mentality. You know, I've grown up in Western Pennsylvania. You got to be hard-nosed and hard-nosed football. And that's what we talked to those guys about on the defensive side. Uh, let them go over there and pin their ears back and play. And, man, we got a great defensive coordinator and coach, Chris Russ. Um, and those kids just absolutely eat up everything he says. And, uh, you know, we take pride in, in, in controlling the things that we can control. And we feel a lot of defense is, you know, having that attitude and effort. And the great thing about good attitude and great effort is you're in complete control of that each and every Friday night. Control the controllables. I tell you what, if there was a quote out of the state, uh, of high school coaches here in South Carolina, that would be the one thing I hear yep. uh, conversation after conversation, Coach, as uh, 16 years here in the great state of South Carolina. Man, uh, yep. is it what you thought it would be watching, you know, like you mentioned, Friday Night Lights? I mean, it's a religion. It, it's uh, it's everything that you ever thought it would be when uh, that Friday Night Lights hit and uh, the town shuts down type of feeling. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing quite like it, you know. Um and I always say, if you ever lose that feeling, it's time to time to get out of the profession. But just what it is for the kids, and you know, we tell we tell some of the boys, you'll go off and play you know, some small schools on Saturdays, and you won't get this feeling. 
Um, so we absolutely love it. I couldn't be happier down here. You know, never, never, never want to leave. I, I could, you know, spend the rest of my life in South Carolina. The football here is great. The people are great. Um, and we really feel at home here at Catawba Ridge. So, Coach, let me ask you this. In, in the years you've been coaching this year, the pandemic, uh, the the different rules that were kind of put in place by the commissioner, yep. which, uh, again, it, it to me, it, it made every game count more than it's yep. ever counted before because they were only taking the top two. Start at yep. the beginning. How were you able to maintain the relationship with your kids, and, and what were you doing to encourage them to keep working out, to stay in shape so that when you finally get them, and hopefully as early as August or September when you did, that they would already yep. be in shape? Yeah, we uh, did a lot of Zoom. I mean, I think I think if you could have bought stock in Zoom a couple of years ago, you'd be sitting pretty right now. I think everyone was doing – you know, we talked to them a little differently about the opportunity. I, I don't know how many people looked at, at COVID as an opportunity, but we really addressed it. If we do this the right way, this could be the leg up that we need. You know, we're just a second-year program. Uh, our first year, we didn't have seniors. And we really thought, hey, you know, we got all 22 starters coming back. There's not another team in the state that can say that, so we want to capitalize on it. And then when COVID hit – you know, you kind of you lost spring ball, you lost that that edge. But we said, you know, hey, you seniors, this is your last chance, and we just got to play the, the the hand that we're dealt, and we're gonna take advantage of it. And I think what they saw was that the coaching staff, we had a plan, and that the coaching staff was here. They they bought in. They were here all summer, and you know, we can only have eight guys on a field at a time. But those coaches stayed here all morning long into the afternoon. You know, waiting for that next group of guys to come. We had them staggered start coming at eight a.m. all the way until about about noon, 1230, and those coaches were here. And I think when the kids see that, hey, man, these guys have bought in, they're, they want it just as bad as I do, you know, we really tried to create that family atmosphere and said, you know, COVID is what it is. It's not going away, so we can either embrace it or let it determine how our season is going to go, and we didn't want that to happen. And you definitely didn't do that indeed as we're getting into the uh, the season here with the Ed football coach over Catawba Ridge right there in Rock. Hill. That's Rock Vegas over there, of course, on the border of South and North Carolina with Coach Zach Lindak as he's uh, getting us up to date on all the things that have happened in this past season. And, Coach, again, you know, while a lot of us can look at the negatives, I, I think a lot of positives came out of this year. I think we got closer mm-hmm. together. I think even for me, uh, a play-by-play guy on a Friday night, I would have been just as depressed as the rest of you guys because that's what I know. Friday night, high in the sky, calling the play-by-play on a radio or TV uh, situation. Now, that being said, sure. Coach, you guys were forced to, to really stay bonded together, to hold accountability together, because if you did get outside your own bubble, the chances of it crushing your season were, were a big deal. Talk about the, the what you said to these kids when it came to accountability and credibility during this very special and important season that every game is a win-win situation. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked that with, with – having to get second in the region, you know, we kind of kind of thought, you know, we had an outside shot of that going into the season. But then we figured, hey, if we do this the right way, why not us? And we talked to the kids that, you know, just we're 10 miles away from the North Carolina border, and they're, 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 they, they weren't playing football in the fall. They're just starting now in the spring. And we said, you got to understand how lucky you are to be out here. Um, whether there's no fans in the stands or only 10% or whatever it was going to be, we knew that we had an opportunity, and we just asked them to do the right thing. And, you know, to eat lunch together, That we, like you said, we kind of created our own bubble. Don't go out of that and, and be responsible and, you know, stay stay at home and don't be out getting in the car with people that you shouldn't be getting in the car with that, that you don't know. They could be your best friend, but if they're not on the team, we don't want to bring that virus into us. And we were lucky enough to get through the whole season and not have one positive case on the team. Um, and allow us to get prepared each week, and, and, and it did. It kind of brought us together, and 
you know, we made a heck of a run there uh, once we once we get out of out of the first week of the season. Coach, some of the other conversations too was the fact that you guys knew that the play was in place, and for you guys, you knew that you guys had to go game by game. Kind of tell us what was the game set. Uh, as you started the season a little bit later, which I thought was a good thing, and then had to go mm-hmm. week to week to try to get into this playoffs. Yeah, you had to take it one game at a time. Being that they put region region first, you kind of knew what you had to do. You knew you had no room. You know, in a regular season, those non-region games, you kind of look at them as preseason games, right? You have an opportunity to figure out offense and defense and, you know, this guy in this situation. But you didn't, you didn't have that this year. It, it was do or die right out of the gate. Um, and we let the kids know that, you know, we, we wanted to take it one game at a time. And, 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 but also in the back of your head, you know, with the goal of making the playoffs. And they knew very, very clear what we had to do, who we had to beat to get in. And, and they came to work every single week and said, you know, we're going to go out there and, and take it. We, we, we want it. And uh, they, they put in the work each and every week to qualify for the playoffs. Hanging out right now on the campus, Catawba Ridge, Rock Hill is, of course, uh, where you can find the Southern Sports Central bus. As the, on the bus with us right now is Coach Zach Lindeck talking about his boys up there who had a great season and a season, again, that we weren't quite sure what it was going to look like. And uh, it looked pretty good when it was all said and done. Now, Coach, starting the season late, having a short playoff, did you like that possible, the, the, the layout this year? Is that something that you'd like to see go forward where we maybe started a little bit later? So, of course, the heat. You know, definitely that helped us with the uh, with the wet bulb, which is a word that I don't sure. like to use on the show. But no, it's a, yeah, there's that's that a curse and, word. Yeah, it's kind of like using the COVID word. There's certain words we don't use yeah. on this that type of radio show. It's a family show, right? right. But <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> when it comes down to scores starting later, tell me your thoughts. Did you like it? And then talk about the two team playoff getting in the region. Uh, do you like that? You want to go back to what we used to have? What's your thoughts on those two things? You know, I, I like the later start. Um, I didn't like that we only had seven games. And, you know, you want the boys to have their, their opportunity. We ended, only ended up having two home games this year. And, you know, of course, with COVID, we'd like to get back to ten games. And, you know, I'm probably more of a proponent of, of opening back up the playoffs. I think the teams work hard to try to get in there. But, you know, as long as you know going into it what it is um, and you know what you have to get done, then I'm all for it. As long as that opportunity is there to get into the playoffs and, and then go on a run. Um, but I did like the later start. Like you said, we didn't have near the uh, the issues with the wet bulb or having to uh, to postpone some games or delay some games due to heat. Um, and, you know, in, in the south, it, it stays a little warmer longer. It's, it's no big deal playing it in November a little bit, maybe even December. You still have some pretty de- decent temperatures. Yeah, no doubt there with the temperatures, of course. Uh, definitely helped us out a lot of ways. Now the other conversation – uh, that we all surrounded by and uh, couldn't wait to watch this one Zoom meeting was a couple of weeks ago when the South Carolina High School League put a vote whether we continue this coming up uh, spring and have spring ball for the football yep. and all of the fall sports. Of course, unanimously, they decided we're going to do it. Now they're going to leave that yep. in the hands of each district. So we hope that right. the districts allow this to happen. Uh, but uh, tell me, number one, how excited you and your group was. But tell me also how important – is it that we have this spring opportunity to prepare our young athletes for the season coming up in uh, just a few months after it's said and done? Oh, I, we're, we're ecstatic. We really thought that we might lose it there. We were, we were pretty nervous. And even vote 15-0, we were jacked. You know, um, spring ball is kind of what set South Carolina apart from some, some other states. Uh, and the way that we can run spring ball uh, makes a difference. When you can install, you know, your offense and your defense and really put these kids – 
ahead of the curve going into into August and, and in, into your summer. So I, I believe it's vital. I'm ecstatic that we're keeping it. Um, it'll be different even still this year because I know spring sports have been pushed back. We have quite a few of our guys that participate in baseball and lacrosse and and, uh, and track. And I know their state championships aren't till mid-May to maybe late May, depending upon how long they go. But we'll make that work. You know, give us a chance to get out there and put those pads back on and kind of acclimate those bodies a little bit heading in summer. It's just uh, it's vitally important. I'm really excited that we get to keep it. Talking some high school football up there at Catawba Ridge, the high school right there at Rock. Hill, South Carolina. Coach Zach Lindback here on the bus with us here for our 6.30 segment. Coach, dead period moved back once again. We're talking May. You mentioned that that, yep. that, that month, and, of course, uh, the NCAA also mentioning that month, and that puts our young athletes at such a disadvantage. And that, again, why I think spring ball is, is just as important. Uh, your, your thoughts on this thing, because, Coach, not only now do you have to deal with the dead period, you, you got to deal with this other dirty word, a lot of dirty words tonight, and that is the transfer portal, right? I mean, these kids, yep. these high school seniors are dealing with things, and up-and-coming seniors are dealing with things that you, me, and a lot of us never even thought would become a conversation, Coach. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's brutal on them. You know, not only did we take a couple games away from the senior class, um, you know, if your team didn't qualify for the playoffs and maybe you lost a game or two due to COVID, some of these seniors only had five or six games Um and that, that hurts. They need to get that film out there. And, and, you know, many, many kids, and especially in the state of South Carolina, have aspirations to play at the next level. And it's just brutal. And, again, we talked to the kids about doing controlling what you can control. And the coaches, the college coaches, have done a good job of contacting us. And, you know, they're, they're as frustrated as anybody because they want to get on campus and they want to see these guys. Uh, but it is tough. And especially this, this next class, you know, spring ball is a time where usually they're on campus and they're coming and checking out our guys and they're going to miss some of that. But, uh you know, hopefully, hopefully things get cleared up and they can get on the college campuses this summer for some camps. Um, but it's, it's just another, you know, another another piece of adversity that these these young kids are going to have to face. No doubt, I keep telling these young men and women because the ladies, of course, affected as well in their sports. But that being said, you know, they get through this when they get through this. There's nothing in their adult life that they won't be able to yep. hurdle and, and prepare yep. themselves for. And even you know, this weird learning that we're doing right the e-learning it's it's a nice little introduction to college life for sure sure because i can tell you there's many a times we might get up and go to class get there there's a note on the door and it says do it at your own pace have it ready by friday and, and that's just yep. the way college is and so these kids are getting kind of an early introduction coach you mentioned spring let's talk about the football games that are happening Furman, by the way yep. one of many teams that are seeing some ball good idea bad idea you like it you love it What's your thoughts on it, especially in a situation where this gives an opportunity for your athletes to now go there on a Saturday, watch the game, yeah. anticipate, I would imagine, right, as a student, and here's the positive side, is that they're not battling an injury from the night before, and they're not exhausted from playing football the day before either. Yeah, it's it's, it's a great opportunity because a lot of kids, you know, fall into that level of schools that are playing right now. I know just I turned on North Dakota State and Youngstown State and got to watch a great football mm-hmm. game. Uh, just yesterday where you normally wouldn't get to watch that game on, on a regular Saturday. And, you know, so it's good for these kids to get out there to go see these schools. And, you know, whether it goes back next to all football in the fall eventually or whatever it is, you know, kind of like what you said, it's a it's an opportunity for these kids to learn to adapt and take advantage of it. You know, if they can get on college campus, see what a game day is like, I think that's definitely, definitely in their favor. Where, like you said, they're not all beat up, they're not all tired. They can probably enjoy that process a little bit more. 
And, and coach, the other side of it is this, you know, and realistically, the FBS versus the FCS, if the league that's playing right now, if they really wanted to, I feel like, get a lot more attention and separate themselves in a different way, I, I think sure. the spring's not maybe a bad look because a lot of those kids, when you go to college, it's almost impossible. Not that it doesn't, but it's a very rare to see a, an athlete playing two sports. Now, you may see a football mm-hmm. player running track, which I know a bunch do, but, but Coach, I think it's, it's a big business move for the FCS guys comparatively to play in the spring and to have that opportunity to really wine and dine some of these high school athletes. Yeah, and, you know, whatever standpoint you want to look at this, you know, financially, people are going to want to watch football. They're going to come to the games. They're, yeah. going, to eat, they're going to want to turn on ESPN. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. And, and kind of going back to what you mentioned before, allowing these kids to get on campus, it's one thing to go there in the spring and walk around, but to go see what a game day atmosphere looks like. And, you know, um, um, I, I'd have no problem with it. I think it's fun for the kids. I, I, I got no problem watching football in the spring. You know, it gives you something to do. Um, we're all football junkies. So um, I think I think that as long as they continue to do it the right way, you know, the sky's the limit for maybe this, this spring football thing. And they say no XFL, no problem. College football takes care of that right, is yeah. for you. In the spring. Now, let me ask you this, Coach. Uh, you're seeing all these prep schools kind of show up. Myrtle Beach now has one. There's one in Columbia. Mm-hmm. They're just uh, they're, they're popping up everywhere. And, and some of that, I think, is perfect timing because of what we know in the transfer portal. And you're trying to get your seniors noticed. Do you feel like this is becoming, and you're seeing it more and more, this may be an angle you start to see some of these athletes go to to prepare themselves for that next step. And it's kind of uh, an introduction into college football for them. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the transfer portal, and that's tough on some of these kids when, you know, do you go after and, and, and grab a, an 18-year-old or 17-year-old freshman, or do you grab that 19- or 20-year-old that's played at that level? And that makes it tough on these young guys. And there's a difference between a high school senior and, you know, and a college junior, and, and maybe some of these guys need that extra year to develop. And, and you see these prep schools, and you get them on there and kind of teach them a little bit about college football and don't overwhelm them, but it gives them an opportunity for another year to be seen. And you see a lot of kids try to do some reclassing and stuff of that nature, and this might be a great avenue for some of these guys that, that can definitely play at the next level. They just might not be there right now. Hanging out here for the next few minutes as we are up in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Catawba Ridge is where the bus is located with their head coach, Coach Zach Lindak, joins us here tonight for the first of hopefully many times here on Southern Sports Central. Coach, uh, Seven on seven. Uh, you know, you saw the film yesterday with the young man, of yep. course, kind of going at Cam Newton a little bit. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that, and then give me your overall thoughts. Are you a head coach that likes seven on seven? I know you guys, it's, it's a big deal in that Charlotte Rock Hill corridor. Mm-hmm. And, again, that's something that uh, I'd just love to hear your thoughts on the conversation yesterday between uh, Cam and the young man. And then, of course, uh, I feel like it's a great opportunity for us to teach all of our young people, not just athletes, but young people in general, you know, from a very tough situation. Yeah, I hated to see that situation. Um, I've taken teams uh, to Cam Newton's tournament before, and Cam shows up. I know some some celebrities and some professional athletes will slap their name on a on a camp or on a tournament, and then you don't see them. You know, Cam was out there. Cam would get in the warm-up lines with the guys. And I appreciate him doing that, and, and I know he was there with his team. Um, so I hated that situation. I hated it for Cam. I hated it for the young man. And, uh, you know, I think he'll probably look back and say, boy, I, 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 I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, and, and, you know, as a high school football coach, our job is not just to win football games. Yeah, we want to win as much as we can, but we want to produce 
young men. And I'm sure when that young man looks back, he'll probably think to himself, I could have probably handled myself a little differently. And in today's day and age with social media, you got to be super careful. Uh, you do you do one thing, you slip up, and next thing you know, it's retweeted by a couple couple hundred, couple thousand people, and that's something that you you have to have to live with for a good chunk of your life. Um, but as far as just seven on seven goes, you know, I like it if it's used with the plays you're going to be running on Friday night. You know, we could go out there and seven on seven is fun. It doesn't necessarily translate to wins and losses in August and September and October. Um, if, if, if you're running your team's offensive set, I'm all for it. You know, I love competition. I love, you know, the, the, the game is, is a, a pass-heavy game nowadays. We, we all love to throw that football around, so it's definitely necessary. Uh, but there are definitely some times and some plays, and I've, I've been guilty of it in the seven-on-seven tournament with my, my team. You drop a play that you know will work on seven-on-seven, seven, but it would never work on a Friday night. So as a head coach, I take that mentality. We'll, we'll take our guys this summer as a team at Catawba Ridge and go compete in, in some seven-on-sevens, you know, with sometimes just one other team, sometimes in tournament fashion. But we'll be very, very sure to make sure we're running the stuff that we're going to run Friday night so it's helping us uh, to get ready when the lights come on. Talking about when the lights come on in 21 will be the year as we're in it right now. The season only months away, Coach. Every day I get excited because we're that much closer to kicking off the season yep. coming up in the, of course, the, the fall. Now, that being said, what does Catawba Ridge look like coming up this year, Coach? Uh, talk about some of the, your, your big guys coming back, and then if you want to give some love to some of your guys that contributed this past year, go ahead and do that as well. Yeah, you know, we, we had a great year last year and made it to the uh, upper state championship game. It's just a second-year program, and, you know, we only graduated 10 seniors. So we, we feel good about the guys we have, have coming back. Um, you know, some of those seniors leaving us, we just had young man Caden Hager uh, sign with Louisiana Monroe and Jackson Cesar to Catawba, and we might have another guy, uh, two guys kind of looking. They, they, they were fantastic for us. Um, this year coming back, man, we feel really good, especially at our quarterback position. Um, we've got a young man, Jaden Davis, um, who's just a freshman and moving up to be a rising sophomore. He's got some power five offers already. And, you know, we feel really good about him, and, and, and he's the real deal. And uh, we've got a couple young men on the defensive side, Jacoby Henderson and Andre Hodge, who've collected uh, multiple offers himself. Uh, we feel good in running back with young man Henry Bowen. Our offensive line, we have four of the five starters back, kind of anchored by Cade Ferguson and J.D. McLean. And then on defense, we got a young man at, at – at, Nose play uh, plays nose tackle force Asa Johnson, uh, our linebacker Brody Tessamali had 95, 93 tackles last year. So we feel really, really good about our senior, our rising senior class. Uh, we have a bunch of young kids that are super excited in, in the Fort Mill and Rockdale area to come and play at Catawba Ridge um, as rising ninth graders. So we feel pretty, pretty good about where we're at, but we also understand uh, the amount of work that we have to put into to duplicate the type of season that we had last year. Yes, sir, and it looks like the, uh, the everything's in place, Coach. You got the right coaches. You got some incredible players and some of the best parents in and around your program, and I can't wait to get you back. And, uh, again, start uh, here in another week or so, maybe about a few months, we'll start bringing in some of these young ballers. Give them the opportunity. And the reason I like having them on here, Coach, as you, I'd like these uh, the listeners to know who is the coach up there, of course, uh, doing yes, the big at Catawba Ridge, who is Coach Zach not only on the field, but off the field. And I like having the young men to do the same because we can read about you, we can watch you, but to hear your voice 
and to give these young men an opportunity to do an interview before they go off to the next level, I, I think is big, whether it be a job interview or an interview on a college campus. Well, no, I, I agree, and I appreciate you having me on, and I look forward to anytime you guys are looking for someone or would like to talk, I'd be for it, and I'd, I'd tell all my guys to do the same. It's like you said, it's good, it's good skill set for them to learn how to conduct an interview, how to talk, but it's also good exposure for them. You know, um, anything that, that, that highlights – uh, some some of the young men on this campus, I'm, I'm definitely all for it. Well, Coach, we're going to be up that way on April the 11th. Actually, a place that you know a little bit about, Nation Forward up there at the National yes, Preps Showcase. Uh, I, I'm imagining you'll be within an arm reach, so uh, you yep. and I will we'll, we'll have a chance to do it face-to-face, but we'll do the radio thing and probably some Facebook Live and some other live stuff as well. But can't wait to meet you. Can't wait to shake your hand. And uh, hopefully some of these numbers will continue to drop down and we'll be able to actually uh, – I have a good conversation a little bit closer than uh, that yes. six-foot rule. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll I'll be at that camp. I'll be over there with Coach Allen and the NAFO guys, and uh, I'd love to, love to get a chance to meet you face-to-face and, uh, and chat with you again. All right, Coach. God bless you, your family. Thank you for your time tonight. We wish you and your players and all of you guys on the, uh, of course, on the campus a, a successful season in the spring. And, of course, if you're still doing the, the basketball thing as well, Coach, thanks again for being a part of our show. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me on. Have a great night. You got it. Ladies and gentlemen, look at that. We are checking in and checking out all the way in Rock Hill. That is Rock Vegas. Uh, of course, uh, Catawba Ridge has an incredible, an incredible program led by their head football coach, Coach Zach Lindak. Uh, Eugene, we got about a minute, man. I know we're uh, on the way now to Orangeburg-Wilkinson. We'll bring in this coach, and that is Coach Kevin Crosby in style. I had a chance to hang out with him at our uh, senior bowl game uh, this past uh, January. Wow, what a guy, what a guy, what a resume, and I can't wait to catch up with him as well. Yeah, and it's amazing, you know, he brought up some of these players now. Uh, you know, he briefly mentioned, obviously, you know, uh, the quarterback was brought up. You know, a lot of people are just blown away. You, you know, every once in a while you hear about a quarterback. Now, a couple of years ago, uh, gosh, it must have been when um, – uh, the Ole Miss coach uh, was over at Southern Cal, and he offered that eighth-grade quarterback. Well, the ninth-grade quarterback, Kiffin. yep, Lane Kiffin, the ninth-grade quarterback at Catawba Ridge, you know, when everybody talks about the offers this young man's toting, he's toting a full-ride offer from the University of Alabama as a quarterback, hmm. as a freshman in high school. He is that talented. I've heard nothing but, like, just off the chart things about this young man. I know South Carolina offered recently. I believe uh, Georgia has offered. And this isn't as an athlete. Some kids, you know, uh, coaches see him and whatnot, and they see that, you know, well, you know, he's fast, he's athletic, so we're just going to offer him as an athlete now, and, you know, we'll see where it plays out. Now, he's actually been offered as a quarterback uh, in that spot already. So this young man, you know, uh, uh, hopefully, you know, he doesn't peak too soon and can keep growing because – Right now, I believe he's about 6'2", uh, 200 is what I had heard. Uh, and, but, you know, we'll get a chance to see him. But, you know, from what I understand, the arm strength is already there. The maturity is very much, you know, already instilled in this young man. He's got a bright, bright future. And, you know, who knows, again, uh, you know, three years down the road, um, just like Clowney from Rock Hill, we may have the number one overall rated uh, player in the state of South Carolina again because uh, there are a couple of members of that 2024 class that are super, super talented. Uh, so I tell you, South Carolina for 2022, 
2023 and 2024. Mm-hmm. It looks like we're going to have a, a couple of those, you know, infamous uh, five-star, you know, re, uh, recruits that kind of get that five-star label from some of the services. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch, but he is definitely a young man that's already on the national radar as a freshman, led them to that upper state championship. You know, I remember when we were doing the guest pickers, everybody's like, you know, who is Catawba Rich? We had to look them up. <laughs> and we cover high school athletics. We had to look those cats up. You know, I didn't even realize when they were posting these snakes that they were the copperheads until earlier today. So, it, you know, it's great to get to know these new programs because as we grow the population, new schools are built. And it's so good to get to know these coaches who are jumping at the ground floor, kind of get that relationship with them and kind of build that relationship and help build their brand on the show and feature their kids. So, you know, I love when we start these new button relationships with coaches, you know, either first-time head coaches or coaches at new programs, things like that. It's always fun to kind of grow together, if you know what I mean. No doubt about it. Let's do this. Let's grow together by taking a break. Coming back and starting it up in hour two as the bus is off, pulling up slowly to another campus, Orangeburg Wilkinson, right there in, of course, uh, the Berg, as they will be catching up and putting on the bus to talk to us as head coach Kevin Crosby, a very famous last name in our great state of South Carolina. And this coach has got quite the resume, not to mention he was part of the winning lower state game in the only senior bowl brought to you by of course the high school blitz and yours truly southern sports central in the epic 84 it was an epic day for the lower state in that day we'll talk to that head coach about that game and all that between here and there and a little bit everywhere guys don't go anywhere hour two right after this Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. Welcome back here. Hour number two. Here we go. We're waiting on the coach to check in with us as we're up in the Berg. Orangeburg, South Carolina is where you can find the Southern Sports Central bus hanging out there on the campus of, of course, uh, Orangeburg Wilkerson with uh, the head coach coming in here hopefully in moments is going to be Coach Kevin Crosby. Coach Crosby, a, uh, a legend in our great state of South Carolina. You know, you mentioned so many great names on our shows before, but you got to mention Coach Crosby is, uh, I tell you what, his resume to his experience, to his wins, to everything that he's done off the field 
on the field, around the field, in the state of South Carolina is something I cannot wait to catch up with him. Hopefully uh, that's going to happen again. As soon as he checks in and uh, we mic him up, we'll definitely uh, get that going, Eugene. But, uh, you know, you talk about legendary coaches. I know, uh, you know, it's a very famous last name. There's a lot of coaches that are starting to get in the coaching uh, world, and uh, one of those is over at Oceanside when uh, there are others. Crosby's are out and about, been doing it for quite some time. And, uh, man, I just can't wait because it's one of those pipelines, those last names that you know are just there, – there's a beginning but never an end because uh, the Crosby name is, again, like I mentioned, a household name in many sports, not just football, but multiple sports around the state of South Carolina. Yeah, and, and I've had the pleasure of getting to know Casey um, uh, over the past year. It's been great. You know, I've actually followed his parents and his family a good bit. I have uh, family out in that area, in the Bamberg uh, Earhart area. Um, part of my, my grandparents live out, used to live out there, and, um, you know, he's someone even my son looks up to. My son looks up to Casey as well, and, you know, I followed his recruiting. But then you just look back at the lineage of all the players from uh, his days when he coached Bamberg Earhart. You know, we had uh, Gaines Adams on the, on the show with us, and he gave so much back. You know, he said so much great things about Coach Crosby and all the Crosbys. Actually, you know, uh, Coach Corey is now coaching the defense. I believe that's Coach Kevin's um, uh, the, the dad. Uh, I believe that's his uh, brother. He's coaching the defense over there. He's coaching the basketball team. I believe they're a pretty highly ranked uh, basketball team um into the playoffs and of course you know kc who played at carolina uh did great things for the gamecocks and then now is uh coaching high school ball here in the low country over there uh with joe cole at, with oceanside so it's a great family it's a family that's well known well respected in the community i did send coach a reminder he asked me to remind him uh i know he's, he, he said he had, he had some busy uh some things going on but he did want to make time so hopefully he'll join us here in a second but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm curious because back in the day when I was at Walterboro, which is now called in county, man, that, that OW game was circled on the on the map. It was uh, usually game two or three or, or four right there in the middle of the schedule, and it was a battle. My senior year, we went to the state championship, and we fought those guys tooth and nail. It came down to a battle of field goals to win that game, a very close defensive game. Orangeburg Wilkinson has put out guys, uh, you know, Woody Danzler and some others, uh, Albert Huggins, who've gone on to Clemson and do great things. You know, so Orangeburg Wilkinson, you know, I know coaches there. Uh, they had a pretty good season uh, this year. And, uh, you know, I know he's uh, hoping to build on that. So we'll hopefully catch up with him in a second and um, uh, and see what they got going on for 2021. Now, of course, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he was actually um... – the coach of the year back in 2017 when he was at another school, Bamberg Earhart, of course, uh, as, uh, as, of course, uh, he, he has always, and I mean the word always, done it the right way, right? He's always done it the right way. Even if doing it the right way was doing it the toughest way, that's just his mentality. I had a chance to sit down with him in the lobby uh, over, of course, uh, at our senior bowl that we had partnered up with the guys up there at the high school blitz where we brought the lower state up together with the, of course, uh, the upper state in a battle that I thought was uh, impressive. There were already kids that were just days away from landing on a uh, Division I uh, football campus or just any football campus. I don't want to undermine any campus because playing college football is doing what? Playing college football. So go play where you can play and uh, see that dream live another day, as I would say. Now that, of course, all being said, 
You know, you, you, you watch the way that him and his brother walked into the hotel room. You knew who they were. You had every idea that these guys are, are, are here at a business trip. Uh, of course, they were brought in by the, uh, the head football coach of, um, of a team like Woodland, who I thought that coach did a great job of leading his, his coaches. I mean, it was business from the time they got to that hotel to the time that they, they put their pads away for the final uh, time on that Saturday, and it was wet, as uh, you know, uh, you remember it was raining. I told you about it. And, um, man, these guys played their hearts out. They coached their behinds off. They, they would really, uh, I mean, embrace every opportunity from the, the practice on Friday that we were at, of course, Woodland, from early morning to finally coming back late in the afternoon to, to everything that was put in place. And I told these kids, I said, look, let me tell you something. There are legendary names. And I started naming names like, you know, Coach McKissick and, and this coach and that coach. I said, but let me tell you something. This is a coach right here that's in front of you. And Coach Crosby, who trusts and believes me, not only has his son played in a very successful role in high school and in college and who is now doing what his father does as a coach, you know, he's got family. He's got calves who have played for him who have now gone on to the next level and the level after that and continues to show why, why the legacy of, uh, again, the, the last name uh, of the Crosby name really uh, has a lot of power in our state in high school sports. And I use the word sports because I don't want to just put down football because they do sports in multiple. The Crosbys are successful in multiple areas of, of high school sports, and it carries off into the college ranks, Eugene. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. Over his career, you know, a lot of guys, you know, when they see some of the older coaches, you know, sometimes, it, you know, it feels like they can relate to some of the younger guys. But I'll tell you this, you know, when you were mentioning the guys that, hey, look, there's a, there's a man right there, you know, and there's the old uh, cliche, has forgotten more about football than we'll ever learn. You know, that that probably fits Coach Crosby very very well. You know, he's gotten guys, you know, not only at the next level up, um, they're supposed to call – you know, they've gone on to the NFL, the highest level. And all and those guys, you know, like I said, we've had one on the show, and, and the first thing they come back was, you know, what he instilled in them. There was something that, that got me because I know the area. I grew up uh, in that area. Um, and, and academics is always a tough, tough thing. And there was one thing I'll never forget, Miss Denise. Now, she helps Coach run his life, uh, Miss Denise Crosby. That's Casey's mom, Coach uh, Kevin's wife. And something that, that got me for Bamberg Earhart one year when they, he was coach of the year, they went to the state championship or, or the lower round, man. They used to knock heads with Barnwell. That was the matchup of the year uh, for many, many years running. And I saw something that she put out that the entire program from ninth through 12th, everyone had a B average. Now, that's hard. That's hard to win games. But that is very hard. Uh, and that shows, you know, the type of uh, – uh, program he runs and the type of uh, influence he has over those young men. So let me see. I'm going to try to reach out to Miss Denise and uh, see if uh, Coach Baby uh, can we can uh, get him back on here uh, to call in in just a second. And uh, I'll get back with you through the glass as soon as I can reach out. I was uh, sending her a message just now. All right, guys. Here's what we're going to do. We'll take a quick break. We're going to talk about passion a little bit. What's your passion? What's your drive? What what kind of gets you? you know, your bud blowing a little bit where you can get to that next step. Let, let me give you a little bit of insight here because we'll play something by a guy, and you already know where I'm going with this, but let's do a little motivation as we try to catch up with the coach real quick, try to get him mic'd up, 
get him in here for a few minutes on a beautiful Monday night. Follow us on Facebook, Southern Sports Central, and on Twitter at SO Sports Central. I'm Rich Yelp and Eugene Benton on the other side of the glass. We'll be right back with a little more Southern Sports Central, guys. People say you, you have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing, and it's totally true. And the reason is, uh, is because it's so hard that if you don't, any rational person would give up. And after all, if you do really like what you're doing, it doesn't matter what it is, you can eventually turn it, uh, you could eventually become a master of it. The only way to become a master of something, to be really with it. And anything you can be interested in, you'll find others who are. But it's absolutely stupid to spend your time doing things you don't like in order to go on spending things you don't like or doing things you don't like and to teach your children to follow in the same track. If you're not willing to risk, you cannot grow. And if you cannot grow, you cannot become your best. And if you cannot become your best, you can't be happy. And if you can't be happy, then what else is there? You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. Sometimes I have to pull myself out of bed and say, come on, Les. Things I know I should do, I don't do. Things I shouldn't do, I do. I found that the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. So deciding as you look at your life, as you look into the future and say, what fears am I holding on to? What fears that I'm allowing to imprison me is keeping me from breaking out, that's keeping me from living up to my true potential, that's keeping me from really being happy, that's keeping me from having a sense of adventure and excitement in my life. What's, what's keeping me from controlling my destiny? You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe in your ability. You've got to believe in your service, your company, your ideas, unquestionably. You've got to have faith, and that faith gives you patience. That is not going to happen as quickly as you want it to happen. Failure is a detour, not a dead end. Perseverance is the key. You can believe you deserve to win. You can feel that you determine your results. You can feel incredibly motivated and inspired. And you can practice. But unless you put in the perseverance and actual effort, all the training in the world won't help you unless you hang in there when the going gets tough. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight, to work day and night for to give up your time, your peace, and your peace, all that you dream and esteem is about. Life seems useless and worthless without it. And if you gladly sweat for it and fret for it and plan for it, lose all your terror of the opposition for it. And if you simply go after this thing that you want with all of your capacity, strength and sagacity, faith, hope, and confidence, and stern personality. If neither cold poverty, famish, and dog, sickness, and pain of body and brain can keep you away from the thing that you want. If dogged and grim, you besiege and beset it with the help of God you will. Now, back to Southern Sports Central. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And give us a call at 323-784-9681. Let's rejoin Richie and Eugene on Southern Sports Central. 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Alvin on the side of the glass. Eugene Benton. Guys, come on in. Hang out with us. We got some free time here. It looks like the coach is uh, unfortunately at this time not going to be able to make it. Basketball is uh, being uh, taking place right now. I can tell you this. Uh, the Somerville girls just won big over Dutch Fork. We'll get you that score. As, uh, it, it just came across the wire. Uh, I tell you, Coach Davis has done a great job. I actually watched them win the region uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, I got to say this is that he has done a, a really good job in, in the fashion that, uh, quite frankly, is just a very impressive uh, group of uh, young ladies. They, by the way, beat Dutch Fork 69-22 in round one of the playoffs. That's a huge deal uh, for uh, the Lady Wave over there. They uh, will now move on to, uh, to see another day and uh, now will live on to, um, to, to play another day. So that's a good, do, good news there. But, again, uh, the one thing about uh, Coach Crosby is he's going to be where there's an action with uh, athletes and uh, on his campus right now uh, where there's uh, evidently some basketball being played. So uh, we'll have to probably reschedule Coach Kevin Crosby. And uh, we'll hang tight here for about another 10 minutes before uh, the bus goes back up 26 and uh, to Columbia, South Carolina, to Blythewood with uh, head coach Seidel there. He'll be joining us here in uh, 7.30. We'll check in with him, Eugene. But, uh, again, high school basketball is in full effect. The ladies play tonight. The boys back on the action on the hardware to, uh, hardware tomorrow night. Uh, I'll, of course, be over at the fort where uh, the Patriots welcome in uh, River Bluff, the team that they saw in football in round one. Uh, of course, um, very good, very good, well-disciplined team uh, that you saw in the in the fall uh, coming down to play basketball. Curious uh, how many guys played basketball or uh, or played football will now play basketball. So that would be a lot of fun. Uh, I know Goose Creek down here in the low country, they're playing. There's so many teams that are playing. Uh, to sit here and go through uh, the updated bracket, we can do that here a little bit later. But um, you got to just kind of, again, be appreciative of the games that are happening. So tonight we, we get another feather in the cap, another night that we get a chance. Okay, well, we're going to go to this round. We're going to go to that round. And our goal is to get to that final round and get these kids out of the gym and get our kids onto the open-air sporting events, which is, of course, soccer, which is softball, which is baseball, which is track and field. Uh, you know, there's going to be, of course, uh, a little bit safer bet that we'll finish that season for sure because it's an open-air uh, activity. That being said, Eugene, I know, again, uh, we'll just have to look at Coach Crosby, hopefully try to get him back in the next couple of weeks. We've got a very loaded show already for Wednesday, and I've got confirmation of an NFL player, another former Gamecock, by the way, that's going to be joining us here in the next couple of weeks as well to talk not only about some football, but some personal things when it comes down to a mission that he's on, but he's doing it off the field as well. Of course, uh, I'll let you guys kind of think about that, and uh, we'll get that information out here a little bit later, Eugene. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, you know, it, it's kind of interesting, you know, now we're kind of jumping into basketball and basketball, we're trying to get these games in. We're trying to get these, uh, you know, these last round turn, tournaments and then, you know, the, the seating is in now it looks like and, uh, you know, getting these basketball playoffs, you know, and that's been the goal. You know, we had C- Commissioner Singleton on is, you know, guys, you know, folks, you got to kind of live in the moment at, at times and we want to schedule, we want to have things prepared, but, you know, most importantly, we want to get these games in, you know, and so sometimes we might have to, as he said, he said it multiple times, we got to adjust on the fly. You know, that was a very, very common theme from, from uh, Commissioner Singleton was that we're going just on the fly. You know, as long as we can get these games in, we can get these champions crowned, give these chance, uh, kids a chance to play, 
that's going to be that's the biggest priority. So, you know, and sometimes we have to do that here on the show. We have to call audibles. You know, coaches get tied up. You know, uh, certain you know just because someone coaches a head coach of a football team, you know, they have other roles in these schools. Uh, a lot of them, you know, like you mentioned, you know, we've had coaches on. Like for example, last week we had Coach Wright on uh, from Cross. You know, and they wear multiple hats. You know, sometimes they they are ads or assistant ads, and when their basketball team's playing, you know, they they want to be with us, and sometimes they say, well, you know. You know, I have to be in the gym or, or, you know, I have to help out with this, that, and the other. And, and that's just part of the role they do because, you know, just like where we want to feature them and we want to give these guys a platform, their platform is, you know, every kid that steps foot in their building, you know, or on their campus. And so, uh, you know, that's, you know, again, we're, we're adjusting on the fly too. Uh, we, we set these schedules up, but, you know, sometimes things happen and, and games get rescheduled or the times get moved and things like that. So we're understanding. And we're gonna do that, and you know, I, we can't wait to get him on. So hopefully, we'll have a uh, we'll circle back and get Coach Crosby on another time. Maybe we can get him on uh, Wednesday night. We do have an action-packed show. Hopefully, we'll have some of those wrestling. We got some wrestling time uh, allotted for the state champion coaches on Wednesday night. Uh, we have a special feature guest coming in from uh, the Columbia area, someone who does some wonderful things with some future athletes you know they're they're athletes in their own right you know in, in the elementary and middle schools and uh she's such a great great human being so we'll have that piece on wednesday night as well as some coaches already lined up some uh football coaches throughout the state again you know after the season's over kind of wrapping up some things and getting to know some coaches and some programs around the state because it's not just about the coaches on the field it's about getting to know their program. Uh, it's about getting to know, you know, what they do in the off season, what they do to prepare for the fall, what they do, you know, in other roles as in addition to being a head coach for the football team. So that's kind of the reason why we're doing that. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, it's uh, February and, you know, we have a lot of the high school head football coaches on because a lot of them, you know, there was some big rulings that come out and it's a year round sport in, in many aspects. There's no, you know, just the fall and, you know, you play a bunch of football games or, or practice in the summer, play some games, and then turn in your helmet and pad and call it a season. It's not really like that in South Carolina. Fortunately, with having, you know, the, the four seasons, so to speak, we do have that. We do have the spring, and we do have the off season with the weightlifting, and you know, have so many athletes who play multiple sports. And there's a very good – I want to uh, segment into something that we put out there earlier, and that is – you know, the athletes that that play multiple sports and the graphic that was put out by us earlier, and we've gotten some very positive feedback on that, was that the, uh, from 2000 and, what was it, 2011 to 2020, so basically a 10-year subset uh, of athletes or football players that went on and played professional sports. They played multiple sports while they were in high school and if you look at that graphic it was very very interesting about what the other sports they played now we broke it out and showed the statistic sorry about that uh for one of the athlete one of the group of athletes and that was the running back so 208 running backs uh entered into college football from high school that had played uh multiple sports of the 208 that went on to play nfl uh football uh, of the 208, 192 played multiple sports in high school. And it, to, when you break it out like that, I think it was something like 94% of the running backs. And you can do the math on the other sections. And, you know, we certainly happen to break it, happy to break it out like that. But at the time, we just wanted to give an idea, you know, to, to players and coaches. You know, that's, look, man, the, you know, it, it's so good for the development of keeping guys 
going into something else, keeping them training, keeping them involved in competition, keeping them eligible, keeping them focused. And, and that's such a huge thing, and especially in our state where the weather permits that we can play year-round sports in South Carolina. And so uh, it was a very good graphic. If you haven't seen it, take a look at it on Twitter page. You know, it's a, it's a nice chart broken out by a percentage of athletes that played, what other sports they played, and things like that. And, uh, you know, one of the things I noticed was um, the skill guys, the running backs, the receivers, the DBs, the tight ends. You know, you were in the 90s, high 90s, for those guys that played multiple positions. Um, you know, and it, and it broke it down by position. You know, quarterbacks, a lot of them played baseball. Um, a good bit played basketball. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said, for the, for the speed guys, for the running backs, DBs, and wide receivers, you saw a lot of track. You saw a lot of basketball, things that kind of kept them moving. Um, specialists, of course, you know, uh, I train kickers. A lot of these guys either play currently or have played soccer in the past. You know, things that kind of keep those legs moving, keep that leg speed going. Uh, so it was a very, very informative, very interesting uh, graphic that we put out there and uh, again it, it got some positive feedback I saw some coaches that have been on our show in the past couple of weeks and I saw people tagging them saying see I told you that you know and, I, and they were like yeah well, we know because you know you've heard a lot of coaches me uh, when we f- refer back to the decision that came down that let them have spring practice and when it starts and like I said you've heard multiple guys say well that's good because you know, now I'll be getting uh, some of my guys back from track and baseball and, you know, basketball season will be over because we do have a ton of athletes. And, of course, you know, the spring ball gives you a chance to, you know, when they wind those sports down, they come in. Uh, for the younger guys, get that install. You heard the word install a lot. You know, and that's kind of the for the young bucks coming up to kind of learn, you know, the varsity level stuff, what we're doing, uh, what they're doing on, on offense and defense and special teams. And, you know, but uh, it, it's a very – it was very interesting, and when I saw it, it was kind of that, that aha moment because we heard over and over again, you know, that it's good for kids to play multiple sports, and everybody says that. And, you know, people say, well, Coach says he wants me to play multiple sports, but I don't know. Well, there you go. If you're trying to reach that highest level of, um, of your sport, and that's the, to get paid for what you're doing, I mean, to reach that professional level, more than half at any position – on a football team had played a, uh, a sport uh, in addition to football. And again, when you got to those skill guys, you know, you were in the high nineties. So that's, pre- that was a pretty, pretty informative graphic and something that um, once you see it on paper, it really kind of wowed you a little bit, I think. Well, and I think we got to go to break here uh, in just a second as we hit our uh, middle of the uh, 30 minute break here in the hour number two, but, but you even look at the Olympics, uh, the Olympics where, of course, uh, they, these uh, gold medalist uh, winners played multiple sports. You know, guys, I, I'm not one of those guys, and, and maybe it's because I, I tell my age here, I'm not one of those guys that wants to be a, a specialty, right? You want to be a guy who can play everything. You want to go and, and be uh, an opportunity to, to utilize yourself. In of course, my days it was football, basketball, baseball, and then we reset again and did it all over again because you use different muscles. You use different parts of your brain to do different things. I mean, you know, it's the same as a football player. You don't want to just isolate yourself as just that guy. You want to go over here and play this role, play that role. Do as much as you can. Be an athlete. Hey, there's a the thing. Be an athlete so that wherever they put you on the field, you'll be ready to go. Talking about ready to go, let's go to break. We come back. I see 803 on the board. Eugene, check it out. See who it is. 
We'll be right back. If I'm not mistaken, we maybe, oh, just maybe, have landed on the campus at Blythewood in Columbia, South Carolina, to the capital city of uh, South Carolina with the head coach, Ty Dell. We'll be right back with a little bit more Southern Sports Central right after this. a bit of a break from the norm just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control it's cool to dance but what about a groove that soothes the mood romance give me a soft subtle mix and if it ain't broke then don't try to fix it and think of the summers of the past adjust the bass and let the alpine blast pop in my cd and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because this is summertime Summertime.
And now, back to Southern Sports Central with Richie Altman and Eugene Benton taking your calls at 323-784-9681. Welcome back to Southern Sports Central. I'm Richie Altman. I've got Eugene Benton. Let's go now. To the capital city, Lifewood High School, Coach Jason Seidel. Let's give him an introduction. Columbia, South Carolina, Coach Jason Seidel. Coach, welcome to Southern Sports Central. Oh, man, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> We're excited to have you in. Talk a little football, man. I mean, you can never have enough cowbell, but you definitely can never have enough high school football in our great state of South Carolina, man. I tell you what, what a season it was that we weren't even sure it was going to happen. Uh, first of all, before we get into that, Coach, uh, give us a breakdown. Give us a bio on you. From uh, your days of coaching, maybe your days of even playing high school football. Where did I'll start uh, for coach <laughs> over there at, at Blythewood? Uh, from uh, Red Hook, New York, so upstate, a little bit north of the city. Uh, played at Hobart College up by Syracuse on the Finger Lakes. Uh, and then moved down to Wilmington, uh, 2001, and then uh, started coaching at Laney High School, uh, Michael Jordan's high school, for six years. And Moved to Charlotte, coached in Mount Pleasant for seven, and then uh, Barry and Ashbrook for a year, and uh, got my first head job at Hickory Ridge. And uh, after that, a couple of great years at Hickory Ridge, uh, came down here to just uh, Blythewood thing back uh, going again. Doing it in fashion, of course, as uh, you guys looking to continue doing what you do and get yourself uh, ready for this upcoming season, Coach. Uh, you've been doing this a long time. You come down from New York, come down into the Carolinas. Now you find yourself in the heart of South Carolina, right there at the capital city. It, it did, uh, we had a coach that came in from another area, I think it was Pennsylvania earlier. You come out of New York. Is, uh, is Friday Night Lights what you guys heard about Friday Night Lights up in New York when you would see it on TV <laughs> down here in the South? Yeah, yeah, actually, the funny thing is, growing up, we didn't even have Friday Night Lights. We had Saturday uh, no lights, one o'clock games. Uh, <laughs> just a different, uh, it's a different atmosphere, different, uh, just a whole different animal down here. Um, you know, and I thought I got buddies back home that coach. And of course they always talk about looking at our games down here and all the fans and just the amount of talent and, and just honestly, the amount of coaches, you know, we carry about 14 to 16 coaches. And my father was a long time coach coach for about 35 years. I played for him and he laughs that he looks at all our coaches and, he had two, <laughs> two, three at the most, and everybody coached everything, you know. And so, you know, every time we complain about something, he just tells me to shut up, <laughs> you know, and, and you get it. You know, uh, it's a different animal down here. Um, there's still good football up there. You know, Jersey's got great football, Long Island tough ball. You know, you get out in the Syracuse area, obviously Pennsylvania. But it's just different. It's uh, down here, it's it's amazing what, uh, what's, what goes on down here, North Carolina, South Carolina, and then obviously Georgia. Florida and um, just the amount of support for these kids and all the 
all the things they have to be successful. It's, it's pretty cool. Hanging out on the campus as Blythewood High School lets the bus pull up and we catch up with their head football coach, Jason Seidel, who coaches their football program. Coach, before we make it to Columbia, let's stop in North Carolina. You spent some time in that state. Uh, now you come down to South Carolina. Is there, and we hear this, and you know this was coming, uh, is there a big difference? Is there a big uh, separation between North Carolina Friday football and, and South Carolina Friday night football? Well, what's your take on it now that you coach in both states? You know, I think it depends on the on the area. North Carolina, I mean, you get into the Charlotte area, and I don't know if you guys have, you know, seen gone up there and seen some of those games, and, and it's it's pretty impressive. I think Charlotte's a, is a hotbed of talent, probably just an under-recruited area, but it, it's amazing what's going on. But a lot of my Charlotte coaches still look down here and, you know, and, and you know, go, man, I wish we had a stadium like yours, this and that. But, you know, if you compare the talent, I, I think there's so much talent, and I honestly will say, and, and college coaches should agree, that I think South Carolina as a whole is under-recruited. I think a lot of guys go to Georgia and try to over-recruit that because they got so much talent. I think a lot of kids get missed in South Carolina. Um, and I think North Carolina is pretty similar, except for a couple of key pockets like Charlotte. And, uh, you know, you get into the Shelby area, Shelby Crest, and maybe some of Fayetteville. But, you know, we it's the same thing. Um, I think it's competition, competitive football. Um, you know, you look at uh, Hickory Ridge, we were very successful, went to the state semis, uh, and then the third round we in our first year in 4A. And we signed about, in two years, we signed six kids, and then, in three years of Butthwood, we're at 25 kids that have gone on to play college ball. So, you know, it's uh, it's you know you look at that and you can you can compare it and maybe you know there is more talent down here. And I think this area of Columbia, Richland County, the Midlands, uh, man, there's some there's some players here. There's some teams that are just amazing. And week in week out, you have to you know knock heads with. And it's uh, it's a credit to the coaching staffs all over the place and and the kids and the hard work they put in. Yeah, it's kind of like that Power Five, that SEC slate, that gauntlet that you guys get in week after week after week after week, uh, you know, looking at your region, man. I mean, there is no sleep for the weary. There is no rest uh, for the champion in a region like you guys. No, no, it's a great region. Um, you know, I saw somebody post the other day, they thought it was one of the, from top to bottom this year, was one of the better regions in the state. And I agree. You know, you look at Rock Hill, who didn't win a game, but if you look at their scores and you, they were there and they could have won every game, you know, they're right there. And you look at Northwestern and uh, we were beating them in the fourth quarter and they took a kickback for a touchdown, you know, and uh, uh, the Ridgeview game was seven, nothing, you know, and that's a battle. You know how that is every year. That's a close game. And um, yeah, there's no, there's no like a week where you can go in and say, okay, here's a team we should roll and we can get some of your younger guys in and maybe get healthy. And you don't, you, you, you gotta, you gotta do it every week and you gotta prepare and, if you lose a game on Friday, you got to move on and, and get ready for that next team. And uh, it, it's fun to be in. It's why we came down here. You know, we wanted to get into this atmosphere and this type of competition. Hanging out on the campus as we are uh, excited to be at Blythewood High School. Of course, uh, we, we're pretty tight with your baseball coach, Banks Faulkner. We'll talk about Coach Banks here in just a little bit before I get you off the phone, Coach. <laughs> uh, I know he's a kind of – he's got a little intensity. That He's got a little edge on him, but we'll talk about – Coach Faulkner here in a little bit, Coach. But uh, <laughs> you got that challenge this year, right? I mean, we started a little bit later. There was a lot of starts and stops, kind of like, you know, um, man, you know, where are we going to be able to finally get this thing up and running? And we did after, of course, uh, Labor Day and got everything kind of running through. And then it was 
put out there. And again, I, I tip my cap, even though I was I was struggling to to understand it during the season. I tip my cap to the high school league for doing what they did because it worked. I mean, we crowned the champion at the end, and that was our goal was to play a season. We got that. Uh, did you like starting later? And I've asked this to every coach that's been on, and also. Your thoughts on that every game, and I mean literally every game mattered throughout the season this year because they only took the top two in the region. Yeah, I mean, there's good and bad. I think what the high school league did, you know, you got to appreciate all the work. You know, one of the things we were talking about the other day, some of our staff was you'd go in and have this game plan for maybe some summer workout, whatever. You'll have a whole game plan for the week, and then it seemed like the next day or two, you know, your AD's coming in go, guess what? It changed again, you know, and they had to. It's just the way COVID was. It was a fluid situation, and um, it was frustrating. You put all this work in, and boom, guess what? you got to change everything you had planned because we've got to change the protocol. we got to change this, got to change that. Um, and I credit our coaching staff did an amazing job not getting frustrated because we're here for the kids. Our goal was to get them on the field any way possible. And, uh, you know, we did that. We didn't obviously get the amount of games we wanted. You know, and I think it's t- it was tough jumping right into your region play because you're trying to figure out who your team is. And, you know, there was, everybody was in the same position. You know, you can't complain. You know, I didn't like the – but I get it. I don't like just the two teams from each region, you know, making it because, like I said, I think the Midlands got some good ball. And um, there's some teams that didn't get in that probably could have made some runs in the playoffs. But that's what we had to do to get through the COVID year. And, you know, hopefully next year is better. But uh, it is what it is. Whatever the situation is, we do what we can for our kids so they can play. Hanging out with Coach Jason Seidel. He's the head football coach, Blythewood High School, Columbia, South Carolina. Of course, we're the bus apart now with their head coach. Uh, the other situation, Coach, and again, now the dead periods moved back to May, late May. Might as well say June. Let's just be honest. We're just being nice to say May 31st, to be honest with you. But yeah. that being said, you got that. You got this other thing called a transfer portal. There's so many things, not to mention these kids are learning virtually, so it's not quite as, as face-to-face, even though now it's getting that way. I mean, you coaches, uh, you, you, got your, you got your homework to do to help get these kids to the next level and even get them seen, much less uh, an opportunity for a scholarship. Yeah, and it, it's a challenge. Uh, one of the things I've always taken pride in is being able to um, try to put our kids in a good situation and get recruited and uh, it, it's uh, like my wife tells me it's an obsession. I want to make sure my kids have a shot to go play at whatever level it may be. And the first thing we tell them, you know, we do a meeting with our parents every year. Actually, we just did it uh, two weeks ago. Uh, it's a three-hour meeting with recruiting, and we go through all that and, and you explain all the details. And uh, it's very informative for the kids and for the parents. But one of the things, it's number one, is the grades and the academics because you can't hide the academics. Whatever your grade says on your transcripts, what your grade says and um, and I think this year of all years proved that. A lot of we signed, we're going to have 11 kids that have signed, but not everyone's a full ride. They got to pair your academics, you know, with some partial. That's how it works, you know. So so many kids go on Twitter and they just see these kids going power five and they think that's what it's got to be. But you know, and I know that's that doesn't happen that often. So you've got to have everything else, all your ducks in a row. So when that college coach does come in. His grades are set, his test score is set, everything he needed to have is in there. And then hopefully, you know, God willing, there's a, there's an opportunity. Now, Coach, we, we talk about the dead period. We, we talk about, of course, the transfer portals. We could even mention in uh, the guys this past year, by the way, had what we call free football, right, because they weren't tallied any uh, – nothing was hurt by them playing this year because uh, they'll be able to come back if they want. 
And then all of a sudden you're starting to see this new era, this, this new thing coming around. Like Myrtle Beach has this prep school. Now there's one in yeah. Columbia. There's a few popping up in other places. Coach, are, are these prep schools kind of ahead? Did they know something we didn't know? Because it feels like to me that you're going to start seeing more kids go into these prep schools, then enter to this transfer portal, and then go to college. Is this kind of a new thing, a new era that we're heading towards? It, it may be. I, I told our senior class this year this was the toughest year, obviously, for recruiting because the transfer portal – and I understand the transfer portal. I get it to an extent. I, I completely, you know – not knocking anything what's going on there, but it, it crushed our 21 class at, all over the place, and it made it very difficult. And you worry about the 22 class and how that's going to work. And so uh, we have we have uh, two that thought about going to prep school, to not lose a year of eligibility, do it another year. Um, they both decided not to, and I but I didn't argue against them. I was like, I get it, you know, but I I wanted to make sure they understood. Hey, just because of COVID, this happened this year. Don't think next year all of a sudden everything's going back to normal because everything's going to trickle down because now you got these seniors that are at college that um, have another year. And so your college coaches are now going to get into a pinch because how do they recruit the following year? Because they don't know who they're bringing in, who they're not bringing in. And I think this is going to carry over for uh, next year. It could be the year after. You don't know. Um, it's just, it is what it is. So, you know, it's tough. And I, I watched it with our 21 class. There's some kids I thought could have got more and just didn't. It was frustrating even on my end when you call a college coach and they just say, Coach, we're full. You know, we're not taking much because our kids are all coming back. And and I get it, completely get it. So, we, like we say, we make sure our grades are as good as possible and, and we take care of that business and then hopefully you get an opportunity. A little bit of economics, a little supply and demand, right? I mean, right now let's say yeah. uh, it's a buyer's market. Now the buyers are the colleges, the sellers are the high school athletes, and uh, it, it's, it's definitely a buyer's market. Uh, Coach, how much have you had to learn the world of social media? I mean, the one thing, and us talking to as many coaches as we do, high school, college, and even at other levels, they say this has been the hardest year for them to find kids because they want to get creative with their Twitter handle because that is their A1A. That is their resume. That's where they go looking for these kids. Mm -hmm. And because they don't put their first and last name that we've told them for the last at least (laughs) five or six, seven, eight years to do, they want to be creative like I'm too fast or – I can jump out of a gym or whatever it may be, yet it's costing <laughs> these young athletes a chance to be seen. Yeah, and that, that's one of the, you know, the, when we do our meeting, that's one of the things we talk about. You got to have your first name, last name, high school, whatever, your huddle film, or we use Quick Cut this year, whatever it is. Um, all that's got to be there. And if you tell them to do it and they don't do it, <laughs> it's on them. It's, you know, eventually they got to take responsibility. But social media is taking over the recruiting game, and I get it. That's, uh, this is how it works. I mean, when college coaches looking for a working for a kid, and they're going to check them, and we deal, t- we tell our kids on social media, whatever you like and retweet and tweet, um, good or bad, they're going to see it. You know, and I've seen kids lose opportunities because you know they've done something stupid, and um, it costs them. It happens. You know, so we try to keep them aware of um, you know how to act on social media. Our kids do a really good job. What I love about our kids, and and a lot of Richland two kids do this, which is pretty neat because they're very close, is they're always posting about each other's kids. Like, they're all pulling for each other. And because I, I agree, you know, if more Richland County kids make it, have an opportunity, it brings in more college coaches the next year. And we just keep building this thing. So that's been pretty neat to see this year. Kids kids that are competing against each other are also pulling for each other to get get a chance to play. 
Hanging out on the campus over there, of course, at Blythewood, Coach Jason Seidel, the head football coach in, uh, of course, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, where his boys are ready to go for another season. And, and Coach, I look at all the way back, to be honest with you, we were at many camps. We were at the Infinity Football Camp where uh, we, we had a chance to broadcast live there. We went to a Carolina Exposure Camp uh, that was in North Carolina, but a lot of South Carolina kids were there, and, and you did see that. I, I, I really felt and not only in football, in neighborhoods. I mean, people were coming together more than ever. And, again, because of the dirty word we don't use, and I'll use it now, is COVID, you know, and all the restraints and the pushbacks, it made us. It made these kids. You saw kids in Sumter, right, working out in mm-hmm. different high schools had met together to work out together. They did it down here in Charleston with uh, the rival yeah. schools of Ashley Ridge, mm-hmm. Dorchester, and Somerville. You know, that's like the Hatfield McCoys in high school football. It just hasn't <laughs> happened. But, Coach, they did what they had to do, and I'm proud of our young athletes for doing it the right way. And I just hope and pray that all these kids get at least a chance. It's up to them after they get it, but I just hope they get a chance to at least try to play some college football. Yeah, I agree. You hope they get a chance. You know, I think one of the, the things I'm struggling with now, and I see it all over social media, is that dead period keeps extending and pushing back and pushing back. And you're asking these kids to – to make a decision that's going to affect their lives and they can't even go see the school. You know, that happened to uh, Jordan Burrell, who we were lucky, you know, he signed with West Point, but in the summer he had an offer, uh, two offers up North and one was Temple and it was a great school. Um, and it fit him, but he couldn't see the campus. And I, I completely understand him not, you know, committing or even leaning towards him until he saw the school and eventually he lost that offer. And it's just the situation he was in, um, you know, and you felt for him. And I'm glad it worked out because, to me, he's going to West Point. But that was the situation a lot of kids were in. They couldn't go see a school. And then you're asking the kid to make a decision that, you know, he's going to be on there for four or five years, you know, on that campus. And uh, it's not fair to the family. It's not fair to the parents. And I understand every safety and the protocol and everything we got to do. But there's got to be a way to let these kids go see some schools, you know. And uh, I know there's probably going to be some challenges with it. But to have a kid – just pick a school based on a virtual visit, you know, with these, that's what these college coaches are doing because that's all they can do. And it's not, it's not the same. They need to, they need to feel, you know, what it's like to be on that campus. And even then coach, it's still a tough decision for these young men that are getting ready to make the biggest decision, right? Of their yeah. adult life. That's the first decision they make as an adult uh, that, that will control at least three to four to maybe five years of their future. Now, Coach, with that being said, before we get you out of here, and again, I want to thank you and your family for your time tonight. This show was your show. This show was your player show, and if there's anything we can do, uh, be it an event that you guys are hosting or having, uh, we'd love to come and broadcast. We want to come on the campus, see what you guys have once some of these things kind of load, lay down. And again, I'm proud of our state because we keep getting these lower numbers, which uh, I feel like we're going in the right direction unless I missed something today. Uh, Coach, I just feel good about where we're at right now. It's kind of like tracking a hurricane uh, in Jim Cantori right now, but it seems like we we, we got an eyeball on it and uh, we're fixing it now. Final thing, Coach, uh, talk about some of your players that are coming back this year, and if you wanted to highlight some of your big guys that were a huge part of of an emotional season, but yet I feel like a very successful season over there with you guys at Blackwood. Yeah, I mean, talking about the guys coming back, and I think we'll be a young team next year. but we have a lot of key seniors that are going to fill in these roles. You know, you got obviously uh, some of our four main ones. You got uh, Desmond Boatwright um, already has an offer from Charlotte. He got that last year. Uh, we're running back, and actually he's a pretty good linebacker as well. 
Um, he's everybody's calling about him. Uh, wide receiver Chase Smith, uh, three-year starter, um, been you know has been up with us. We brought him up as a sophomore, six-two, uh, 185 pounds, can play. He's just a great, just absolutely great kid. Um, Chancel Lorick at DB, and he's a three-year starter. But actually, he's really going to get tagged as an athlete because with a ball in his hands, he's pretty special, which you'll see this year. And and uh, Miles Cotton, three-year starter, our linebacker, has a chance to break the school record in tackles. And the best thing about these four is their GPAs are 3.9 and better. And uh, that's that's the thing we're we're very proud of, and it's a credit to our uh, administration, our teachers at school. But we got some other key spots. Uh, Jake Parker, Josh Gary, Curtis Hilton, the receiver. Um, two three-year starters coming back on the O-line with Caleb Ledley and Eli Benson. And uh, uh, 2023 kid Anthony Thurman played D-line and tight end. Will be a big-time prospect, uh, six, two and a half right now, 260 pounds. Unbelievable hands can run. And, uh, you know, from there, you know, Trey Mazik is another 2020-2024 uh, kid at linebacker, get ready to hear his name. And, and the quarterback will be our, uh, to me, our hidden gem. He's a 2024 kid. You know, he is uh, a freshman this year, so he'll uh, he'll get a great shot to uh, compete for this thing. Uh, Harrison Collins, he's 6'3", uh, 185 pounds. You know, just a tough kid. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We've got a lot of kids um, just young, you know, just filling in the pieces. But like I said, they're a hungry team. Um, Josh Gary's got a twin brother, so here we are again with the uh, Twin brothers, you know. So we got a Jacob Gary play safety. Um, started a couple games last year, um, so I'm excited about this group. Um, they're gonna hopefully we get a full season because they're gonna get thrown right into it, you know. And um, great kids, man. They 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 work hard. They work hard in the school. They work hard in the community, you know, in the weight room. And uh, you know, I, I'm really excited. We got a tough schedule, and that's the way we want it. And you know, hopefully uh, our first game we got uh, we get to play on time. <laughs> you know, we'll see. And uh, but if we don't, we'll play whenever they tell us to play. But our kids will be ready. I love it as we're hanging out, wrapping it up here on the campus of Blythewood High School, Columbia, South Carolina, with their head football coach, of course, uh, Jason Seidel, hanging out with us for the final few minutes here, Coach. Uh, we will be, by the way, April 11th. We'll be over there at the National Prep uh, Collegiate Showcase over there with Coach Jeff Mullen. He's the guy that's been sending a lot of these uh, invitations out. Hopefully, if you're going to be up there at Mason's Ford for that day. Uh, that's a Sunday. Uh, we'd love for you to come by the table, and uh, we'll mic you up. We'll hang out with you, and we can fist bump or, or whatever it is, toe touch, whatever they do <laughs> that they say that you can do, we'll do it. But uh, I look forward to it. Coach, give me something. Again, uh, I know your head baseball coach extremely well, by the way. Coach Faulkner uh, won a state championship at Somerville. I was the voice of the Green Wave on ESPN Radio for years and years, and uh, had a chance uh, to get to know him on many levels. Uh, and, of course, uh, Think the world of coach, you know, for so many things. I know he lost a, a young one of his athletes to a car accident down here uh, during his time mm-hmm. here, and um, you know he did so much in and around the community. Still does stuff for this family, even though he's in Columbia, man. Uh, how, how competitive is he as as a coach uh, at the baseball? Even though you're at the football, you guys, you know, kind of put some wagers at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he's he's very competitive. Actually, our first conversation when I moved down. I still remember we were sitting, I was walking outside into the building and he asked me uh, who my team was because I know he's diehard Clemson. He's a, excuse me, oh, he's yeah. an obnoxious, <laughs> obnoxious Clemson fan. And, yeah. and that's obnoxious. fine. Um, yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm from, you know, I'm a Syracuse guy and we almost knocked him off the year before. So we, we kind of talked back and forth, but 
you know, he does a great job with the program. Um, you know, and last year, unfortunately, when those seniors couldn't play, he had a really good team last year. Uh, I think they would have had a very good chance to win the whole thing, you know, so you felt for him. But he's got another squad coming back this year, and, you know, some of them are playing football, and hopefully some more come out, uh, you know. But that's – I think he does a great job. He promotes Blythe very well. and But he's very competitive. You know, he's obsessed with football – or obsessed with baseball, sorry. And uh, he's constantly on those kids, getting them to do the right thing. Um, and they work their tails off in the shows, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm proud of that he's a Bengal. And, uh, you know, hopefully they have a great season this year, which I think they will. And and uh, then hopefully that carries over into our football season. Yeah, no doubt. He is very much so. I got to hang out with him in Tampa. We did uh, an ESPN thing down there uh, when they won their first, uh, when they beat, of course, Alabama down there in uh, in Tampa. And who do you think I run into at a restaurant? That guy. <laughs> and I heard him all the way on the other side of the other side of the restaurant. He hollered at me. I was like, how in the world am I this far away from Charleston, South Carolina? And here comes Banks rolling in with that orange. I said, man, uh, some things yeah. I just – I appreciate it. Though. That's for sure. Coach, uh, I appreciate you and your team and your family. Uh, and I look forward to this. Uh, this is something that we want to continue to do. We, you know, we're a huge supporter of high school sports. You know, we had the commissioner on with us last Wednesday and, uh, you know, just – Always what we want to do is kind of build the bridge between the athletes and, and, of course, our listeners to just anything we can do for you coaches. You know, just let us know. We'd love to have you back on, of course, at any time, and, of course, all of your coaches and players. I appreciate it for you having me, man. Uh, anytime you want me to come back, I'll definitely come back on. All right, Coach. Hey, enjoy. Stay safe. Hopefully I'll see you here on April the 11th on that Sunday over there at Nation Sports. And uh, you and I will touch base off the air here real soon. Thanks again, Coach. All right, take care. All right, guys, there you go. So the bus is quickly moving. We got a surprise. As, uh, we are actually going back to uh, the Berg. Orangeburg Wilkerson is uh, – let's bring in, uh, well, this coach who is ready to rock and roll. Let's bring him in style, Eugene. Woo! trying to keep up our girls and boys in the playoffs and I was trying to keep up with them online and I lost track of time but I apologize <laughs> for being late. Okay. Hey, you're here. Never late. As long as you show up, we can take it. Because like, here's the thing, number one, <laughs> we know where your heart's at with those athletes, coach. So we appreciate you. We hanging out. So give us an update. How do the boys and girls are they still playing? Is it done? Where are they staying as of now? Uh right now the uh, girls they first round they won tonight against uh Manning. The boys in the first round against Lakewood, they're actually playing now. Uh, I'm not sure what the oh. score update because I was on the radio side so and kept up with them. 
But they're doing well. Uh, girls are moving on. Um, boys, they got a, a tough battle tonight against Lakewood. Hopefully, they can pull it out. Uh, they've been playing well. Uh, both one, uh, both from are region champions. Uh, uh, boys and girls, region champions. Uh, so they're doing well. Uh, looking forward to seeing how far they can go. Well, some things don't change up there in Orangeburg, Coach. Uh, the course at Orangeburg Wilkinson, you guys play football, basketball, baseball, football. If it's a sport. You guys are really good at it, and uh, I tell you what, it starts with the coaching, and then the players just go out and play the game. Coach, what is it about this school that just breeds athlete after athlete for so many years? Uh, I, I, you know, just being my third year there, uh, you know, I just watch. I don't know. It's just they've bred there in Orangeburg for some reason. There, athletes there, um, girls and boys. We have, we have, we have very good talent there. Uh, you know, I was impressed with them uh, when we played them when I was in Bamberg. And uh, getting over there, you know, it's still there. The talent's still there. And we just got to mold them and, and, and shape them into uh, just becoming uh, winners. Uh, you know, learning how to win on a consistent basis and, and building this thing into a program and not just having a team each year. You know, we're just trying to build programs throughout the athletic department. You know, and um, right now the boys are doing a good job in basketball. We're trying to shape it up here in football, and uh, baseball is coming around. So we're we're trying to get we're trying to get there. Now talking about getting there, coach, you've been getting here for quite some time. How many years do you have under those Friday night lights uh, going into this upcoming year? What year will this be for you as a head coach? Uh, as a head coach, this will be number fourteen. Wow! As a total, what do you got total, yeah. coach? Uh, 29. 29 years as a coach, 14 as a head coach. And uh, you, you got Coaches of the Year awards. You got a lot of uh, trophies, Coach. And I said this as, uh, you know, we were getting in here earlier, and I said, you know, there's legendary names. I spent a lot of time at Somerville Coach McKissick. There's a, a lot of famous names around the state. But I tell you what, that last name, Crosby, it, it, it says a lot when you mention it through yeah. many different conversations, Coach. I tell you what, I, I met you for the first time. Uh, and our course, our, our Epic 84 game, where we partnered with the guys at the Blitz. And, of course, what did you guys do? You took home the lower state championship game that day. And uh, big night. Of course, you had uh, some family on the staff with you, too. And, uh, you know, oh, when yeah. you get a chance to do things like that, Coach, what, what do those games mean to you different than Friday night and the season games? Uh, just being able to, you know, relax and have fun and, and coach kids that that's not yours and, and watch them over a couple of practices that you have with them and and just you know having fun with them and just going out and playing the game and uh, you know the Epic eighty four was one of the uh, one of the exciting games I told me brought some life back to me uh, just getting out there having fun on the sideline not having to worry about the ins and outs of the game you know you know just coaching a position is something that you know, I hadn't done in a while being a, being a head coach, and it gave me opportunity to go back to my roots, and it gave me a little bit of energy to to, to, to uh, get ready for this upcoming season. You know, I had some uh, assistant coaches that were there, and they were like, Coach, we hadn't seen that side of you in a while. And I was like, yeah, you know, it gave me a little life, you know, being down there with those guys and, and having fun with them and watching, uh, you know, practicing and going out on Saturday and just executing uh, some of the things that we put in. Definitely put it in. They put in a victory, by the way, for the lower state. And the Epic 84 oh, yeah. brought to you by the High School Blitz of Southern Sports Central putting together the upstate versus the lower state. And a great job by all those who competed on that. A little bit of a soggy Saturday, but nevertheless, it happened. And, of course, uh, the memories were made and documented 
when it was all said and done. Now, Coach, let's talk about your son. You said, uh, you know, your kid. Well, your kid is actually a high school coach over at Oceanside. Casey has done a great <laughs> job in his first year, man. I tell you, the only thing that beat those guys was uh, the dirty word, COVID, because these guys were on a mission. You know, you've seen Casey from um, the days of uh, walking, talking, and, and, and playing at South Carolina to now coaching. What's it like to see your son doing what you've done for so many years? Uh, I, I, you know, it's a blessing to see your son be able to go out and do uh, what you've been doing, uh, that he grew up around uh, from the time he was in a baby carriage. You know, all he knew was football because I took him with me every day to practice. And uh, so he grew up around it. And it's just, uh, it's just amazing to sit back and watch him and see, you know, how he's uh, taking in the, 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 the profession, you know, and I told him, I said, you know, it's, it's different. Uh, you know, once you get there, you know, I know you've been playing that on, you know, playing ball and all that stuff. But, you know, now that you've got a coach, you know, you got a, you got a lot that's got to come with the coaching part. You know, it's teaching these young men about life and not just football. Uh, but you can share some of the things that you've been through and, and share it with those guys. And, 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 you know, the biggest thing is to be able to let them go out and, and do some of the things that you've done and come back and say, Coach, I appreciate everything that you've done for me and, and that you taught me while I was here at Oceanside. And it's just a blessing just to see him out there and uh, enjoying it. You know, a lot of times, you know, the guys get into this profession and they don't really love it. But I see that, you know, he loves it and uh, hopefully he'll grow from it. And, you know, maybe nothing, never know, you know, he may go to the next level, uh, which I hope he does have that desire to do that. Uh, you know, and he has my blessings. And I do whatever I can to help him. But right now it's just exciting to see him enjoying what he does. No doubt as we're enjoying the conversation with the legendary coach in our great state of South Carolina, Coach Kevin Crosby, the head football coach in Orangeburg-Wilkinson, right there in the Bird, Orangeburg, South Carolina's very own course, handling some business here tonight with us on the show. Now, Coach, in the 29 years you've coached and 14 as a head coach, you dealt with something this past year that, well, I don't think you've ever dealt with. Maybe Hurricane Hugo might bring some conversations, but this was even different uh, in multiple ways here, Coach. Uh, uh, what was your thought when the season was finally over and said and done? We started later, which I know we've done that uh, many years ago. We started after Labor Day. That was not new to some of our older guys. But yet playing right. a smaller playoff situation, what was your thought uh, to this past season? Uh, you know, it was just, a, you know, a sigh of relief at the end. You know, we, we didn't make the playoffs this year. We, we had a good year. But um, just a sigh of relief, you know, because we, we haven't dealt with anything uh, like COVID before. Uh, and, you know, just to have to deal with that and um, try to be as safe as possible, uh, not getting started until late. Kids did a great job adjusting to it. You know, I wish we could have had a little more time to get in shape. Uh, but they, they, they fought and they did what we asked them to do. But, uh, you know, it's just it's new to everybody. It was new to everybody. And I thought we we handled it well. But, you know, it was, it was new to uh, taking the top two. Uh, you know, that's it wasn't new to me because that was, you know, we've done that in the past of taking the top two out of each region, uh, you know, and I try to get our guys to understand that, you know, game in and get out, game in and game out, you know, you can't go out and have a, a, a down game. You got to play game in and game out. And, you know, if you have a letdown, you know, that might be that game that keeps you out of the playoffs. And, you know, we experienced that, uh, you know, that game at the end. We had an opportunity there that all we had to do was win by – 19, well, not, well, we could have lost by 19 and still made the playoffs, and we ended up losing by 23 or 33 or something like that. And, you know, at the end of the night, you know, I told the guys, you know, those are the type of things that we got to learn 
uh, uh, that when it's time, we got to learn how to play in those situations. Uh, you know, and I don't know how many of those guys ever been in that situation here. You know, I've, that's my third year there. Uh, they they hadn't played in a situation where you know we got to win. You know, it's, it's do or die. We got to we got to get this win in order to move on. Uh, and you know, they learned from it. You know, we got a good group coming back, and they've experienced it. Uh, so just looking forward to seeing how things go from here after this. Uh, you know, after this experience from last year. Robin up here with the head football coach, Orangeburg Wilkinson, there in Orangeburg, South Carolina, head coach Kevin Crosby checking in with us as, of course, uh, he mentioned the girls, by the way, have won. So congratulations, ladies, as you'll now move to the next round, and the boys are in it now. So I'm not going to keep you any longer, Coach, but the final thing is tell me uh, about some of your big guys uh, that you got coming back. Anybody you want to kind of show a little love to tonight that we look forward to seeing and hearing their names either on the TV screen or the radio next, next year? Uh, yeah, we got we got a few D linemen. Uh, Ricardo Sprinkle is going to be real uh, good for us. Uh, he's ha- he's got opportunity to play uh, on the next level. Uh, he's a three year starter at D line. Started for the sophomore. This is going to be his senior year. Uh, he's uh, about six two, about two fifty five. Uh, plays hard. Plays uh, fast. Uh, you have to slow him down a little bit. But looking forward to seeing. Uh, him play well, and on the other side of the ball, he's got a brother, uh, Joquan Sprinkle, who's about 6'4", 285, offensive lineman. Uh, he's just a sophomore, uh, and he's going to be real good for us. He's going to uh, man down our left tackle for us. Uh, so he, those guys are going to be uh, – I'm looking forward to seeing them do well this year. Uh, we have a slew of receivers um, that's coming back. We only lost one. We lost one that's going to Howard next year. Uh, Nashawn Hezekiah that played for us. Um, but we have a, a slew of receivers coming back. Uh, defense, we're gonna be a little, we're gonna be rebuilding on that side of the ball. We lost all of our linebackers, two of them all that's going off to the next level. Uh, we lost one to transfer. Uh, he's transferred, and then um, we had all seniors in uh, secondary. So we're gonna be a little, uh, little thin over there on defense. We got some young guys that we're looking forward to seeing uh, them produce and being to help us on that side of the ball. One thing I know about Orangeburg, it doesn't matter uh, who, who, who's out because the next man up is ready to do it. Now, we did get a question come through social media, Coach. What about the opportunity of uh, you on one side and look at that. Is that Casey Crosby on the other side? Man, would that not be a headline? <laughs> and that we would actually come to broadcast that game for free, by the way. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, actually, you know, even with them due to COVID, uh, you know, we thought we were going to have that opportunity this year. Um, uh-huh. but we didn't make it and they did. And then, you know, they got put out because of the COVID situation. Uh, but we've been talking about it, you know, every time, you know, mom and, and, and him and myself get together, you know, we always talk about, you know, hopefully we all get a chance to coach against each other. And, um, you know, I look forward to that one day, hopefully next year we have that opportunity. Boy, oh boy, if there was a football God listening, and I'm praying and I'm asking, I'll do whatever it takes to make that become a reality. <laughs> Coach, uh, thank you so much for the time. And, and I appreciate yes, the opportunity to get to know you in January. I think you're first class, and it was an honor to be around you for the time I had a chance to get to know you, and I believe your brother there as well. Uh, you know, yes. the family, yes. uh, the Crosby family, what, a, what an amazing group. I mean, you guys are, are first class and welcomed on this show anytime. Matter of fact, I'll take the mic and hand it to you guys. Y'all can run the show one night if you want to. And uh, like, you know, that. the Crosby show. <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about that. 
<laughs> but I still appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's been a blessing to uh, sit down and uh, chat with you guys tonight. And um, you, do, you guys do an awesome job. I thank you guys for sponsoring that Epic 84, give these kids an, another opportunity to go out and have one more game for their senior year. And I think those guys really enjoyed it. And I just want to tell you guys I appreciate that uh, the, and the effort that y'all put in of helping these guys have that opportunity. You got it, Coach. Uh, hey, good luck to your boys tonight. Tell the girls we said congratulations, and uh, we'll get yes, you sir. back. You're not going too far, Coach. Thanks again. All right. All right, guys. There you go. The bus is on the move, and we're heading to Florence, South Carolina, right after this. So, Wilson, we go where the head football coach Howard joins us once again. Can't wait to catch up with the head ball coach over there with the Tigers. Don't go anywhere. Welcome to Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. that we love so much, and that's Coach Howard over there at Wilson High School. This guy, I tell you what, always an enjoyable conversation. Coach, glad to have you back with us. Man, Rich, appreciate it, man. I hear you sound like the uh, the Marching Tiger band you got going on in the background. <laughs> I'm thinking I'd give a little beat to the conversation tonight. You know, that's the third cooking down there in, in, uh, in Daytona, but I tell you what, it doesn't sound a lot different than what you guys do on Friday nights, I'm still making that trip, Coach. I just need to whatever uh, – I need you guys not to have the same off weekend with uh, whatever team I end up with on a Friday night because I want to come over and, and watch you guys uh, tailgate and enjoy the game as well as uh, enjoy the halftime festivities because I hear it is something that you can't even imagine. Yes, sir. Well, I tell you what, man, you got standing over. Uh, you got standing invitation to, uh, to come hang out with the Tigers anytime you want. I tell you, I love every bit of it, Coach. Uh, man, we haven't talked in a while, so first of all, congratulations on finishing the season. I know, you know, uh, state championships are what we all want, right? But I think this year we just wanted to finish the season and, and, and make some memories, and we can check that box and learn from what we did. So, uh, Coach, kind of tell us a little bit. Uh, first of all, you know, we didn't think we were going to have a season. You, you were on the show during the season, of course. We ended up getting it through, getting to the playoffs, getting all the things that happened. Uh, what was it like for you and all the years you've coached? Uh, what was this season like for you when you finally took a deep breath and, and, and were able to reflect? Oh, man, well, it definitely was, was a difficult, you know, situation. And, and obviously, uh, you know, these times are, are, are 
unlike any that we've experienced in our lifetime. And um, in terms of football, you know, obviously we were a little bit more blessed than, than some other uh, districts across the state. You know, we, uh, as soon as the high school league gave us an opportunity to, uh, to start conditioning, um, our school district uh, did a great job of making sure that we had, um, the, you know, understood the COVID guidelines and that we were able to keep our kids safe. And we we're able to start working with them and preparing over the summer uh, for the season. And, um, you know, football is a game of lessons. And I do think that, uh, if anything, everybody understood that, um, you know, just how quickly life as we know it can change and how you got to take advantage of every moment. And so um, our kids were blessed. We were able to play seven games, and we didn't have any kids lose time because of COVID or anything like that. Um, and, and that was a testament to um, to my coaches. You know, we just did a really good job of making sure that, that we took care of the kids, and the kids did a really good job of making sure that they took care of their coaches and they took care of their families and their teammates by making sure that they were as safe as they could possibly be. So, um, you know, in terms of a season, we were just happy to get those games in. Um, you know, we finished up three and four, which was, uh, you know, was my first losing season, and, and I, I was humbled. But at the same time, you know, um, all good lessons come sometimes when you're humbled like that. And, um, you know, we had a great group, and, um, you know, we were able to get those seven games in, and, and you know, we were able to uh, get a couple of kids into college, and, and I think a lot of that came from having those seven games and getting the opportunity to put their talents on film. So, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, we definitely did a good job of taking advantage of the opportunities that we had. Taking the opportunity and advantage tonight to talk to Derek Howard. He's the head football coach over there at Wilson High School in Florence, South Carolina. Morehouse College alum, by the way, showing him some love here tonight on Southern Sports Central. As uh, coach, i got to tell you, your media department, great job. And, and I haven't really had this conversation with with other coaches, uh, and I try to go specifically into certain areas where I feel like you, know, you guys really are shining, and that's an area that I think you have done an incredible job with utilizing Twitter with, with the music and, and some of the highlights that you guys and, and your editor, whoever it is that's doing it for you guys, because we are living in a virtual world of recruiting. What better way to do it than right there on social media? And your guys, by the way, great job on their handles, on using their first and last name and it not becoming a who's who. Oh, definitely. Well, we, um, you know, recruiting has changed so much. And, um, you know, social media is, is an important medium that, that we teach our kids that they can use so that, that their talents can be seen, you know, far and wide outside of the realms of just Florence and South Carolina. And we try and make sure that their uh, Twitter, hand, Twitter handles are um, professional and that it allows them to put their best foot forward. Um, and then along with, uh, you know, our media department and, and I, I'd hate to try and name everybody who's been important in, in that um, in that piece, but um, you know it starts with my athletic director Derek McQueen. Ways to um, promote what our kids at Wilson are doing, and, and and along with the support of our school district and Florence School District One, and um, you know I have to shoot out my uh, my video guy. Uh, Kelly King, I wish I had his Twitter handle right here so I could throw it out for him, man. He is taking off across the state, man. It's it's, it's so hard for me to get a hold of him now because he's busy every single day because <laughs> he's done such a great job putting together really good videos for places like Brooklyn KC and Ridgeview and, and Aiken and, and all these, you know, really good programs across the state. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. He has done a crazy job of getting it and getting it in style. Now, the other thing, let's talk about style, Coach. New stadium? Man, I tell you, I saw some pictures come across my phone, and I had to go back and look at them to make sure. But, you know, if you go to the Wilson Tiger Athletics and the progress of the new stadium, the video scoreboard is up. The turf is complete. The concrete is starting uh, to be put down, it looks like. And, of course, you guys are ready to rock and roll with some new visitors, bleachers. I mean, you guys are definitely not only putting up a show with the band, the, the media, the football team. And, oh, by the way, check out the stadium that you guys are getting ready to start putting together here in the new season coming up. Yeah, man. Well, I tell you what, hats off to, once again, Florence School District 1. Um, you know, they have, uh, along with my uh, superintendent, Richard O'Malley, they have just done an excellent job of um, supporting these kids and, and getting them the type of facilities that they need so that they can um, can truly show uh, the talents that they have. Uh, we are blessed that they're building three brand-new stadiums for all three high schools that are in Florence 1. So, um, and they're state of the art, man. I was telling somebody the other day, you know, the turf that we have is the exact same um, quality turf, um, the same maker and, and type of turf that they've got on the Minnesota Vikings field and that new stadium and um, beautiful facility that they've got up in Minnesota. So, um, you know, the kids are playing on the best of the best, and, and the atmosphere is going to be amazing um, in August. You know, they actually have a um, – a stadium on campus, an on-campus game. Um, you know, the Florence High Schools have been playing in Memorial Stadium uh, for over 70 years. So, um, you know, we've got our own home turf that we can actually be proud of. And, um, you know, it's going to be exciting, and, and it's going to make that environment just that much um, better for, for everybody, those that are, that are in attendance and the kids that are playing, uh, the visitors. Um, everybody should be excited uh, that, that Wilson High School and the other two high schools in Florence one are, you know, have brand-new stadiums. We are, of course, uh, hanging out with Coach Howard, the head football coach, Wilson, the Tigers, that is in Florence, South Carolina, and it matches the field, by the way, of this an impressive five-star facility, the weight room, of course. Uh, your philosophy, one by one, right? And that's W-O-N by uh, O-N-E, right? So, County, give me yep. the abbreviation. What does the W-O-N stand for, Coach? No doubt. So, the, the W-O-N, you know, that's one, the past tense, because I tell our guys, this is how we work. Um, we work uh, We work hard. That's the W. Um, we want to make sure we're owning our actions. So, um, whether it's good or bad, we want to own up to and take responsibility for it. And then we don't want to put – you know, no one before, no one comes before the team, and that's the end. No one comes before the team. So I feel like if you work hard, and you know, you own your own actions, and then you don't put anyone before the team, and you do that one day at a time, then um, if you take that that moniker and you work hard like that, then then you know you will be successful. Um, where did I get it from? Well, when I got my job back uh, in 2017, you know, I was hired uh, August 1st, and you know the kids had already gone through summer and, and things like that. And, of course, they were all worried about, well, how are we going to be able to compete? We've missed so much. And I said, well, guys, we just got to take it one day at a time. And so, you know, kind of created that moniker, and the kids have taken to it. And, um, you know, it, it's something that I think is, is pretty special. Hanging out with Coach Derek Howard. He, of course, is the head football coach, Wilson High School, alumni for Morehouse College, and, of course, doing big things. In, in, in a town, and, and again, Coach, uh, you know, we talk a lot about, 
you know, uh, the loyalty of not just your football team and their parents. We talk about the loyalty of the town, of the former, uh, you know, students. I mean, you guys have a chapter in Atlanta. You guys have chapters in places around outside of the state of South Carolina that, that just uh, breathe, eat, sleep. Tigers football over there at Wilson High School. This is a, it's something that I've never seen before at a high school level. And once, of course, uh, I saw it firsthand playing against this team in my region back in the late 90s or early mid-90s, if you will, you know, and, and, and seeing what it's done from then to now, it, it's an incredible, an incredible, uh, uh, I would say, uh, tribute to, to the history that this is why you continue to see the growth with the facilities and all the things that are around uh, the campus over there with Wilson. No doubt. Well, you know, um, Wilson High School is uh, the oldest historically black high school in the state of South Carolina, um, dating back to 1866. And um, its alumni base is extremely proud of of the school, um, and the community is extremely proud, and, and the student body um you know, every day it seems like everybody's got on a Wilson T-shirt. So everybody is proud uh, to be a Tiger, and it's crazy. Uh, when I go somewhere and I've got my Wilson on, um, you know, people will stop me. You know, um, you know, Wilson High School has its own license plate, you know, which which is so unique. Um, and, and and I think there's it's just you know a testament to to the school and, and the way that they nurture their their students when they come through here you know they do a great job of of making these kids feel special and, and the ones that have have major needs and they do everything they can to provide them and then the ones that have that are extremely talented then they make sure they you know put those talents in the forefront and and, and because of that you know, these kids are going off to Ivy League schools. You know, these kids are playing, you know, big-time Division One football. You know, these kids are extremely talented in the arts. And, and, and I think it's that pride that just kind of takes hold, and, and it's amazing that all across this country, you know, there are a bunch of Wilson Tiger uh, alum and fans that, that just support this school and these young men and women and, and this entire community. It's very unique. Always enjoy having Coach Derek Howard. He's the head football coach over at Wilson High School in Florence, South Carolina. The Tigers looking for another big season with high expectations that they put on themselves. And, of course, the community loving it, shutting down the town for Friday Night Lights over there in Florence. Now, that being said, Coach, we know this season coming up uh, could look a little different. Now, is it going to start before or after Labor Day? Your thoughts on you liking it, not liking it? Uh, the playoff scenario, you know, that's something that I'm pretty sure that the commissioner and his staff will uh, committee will be voting on at some point as well. I, I like the fact that if it's competition week after week, kind of like what you see in college football, but I also like the fact that there are teams that sometimes, and we'll use Saluda, who won a state championship a couple years ago, and, and didn't go in there with the highest ranking, but found a way, and that's what you teach our kids is find a way to win. They did that and won a state championship. Now, your thoughts, Coach, on – the season coming up forward, did you like what we went through or would you like to see a few changes? And if you had the choice, what would you say we did? Yeah, well, I, I think that what we experienced last season was, a, you know, once in a, in a, you know, lifetime type situation, you have to, you know, adjust on based on those things. Um, to me, um, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I, I actually like the way our season rolls. I like having the week zero in there that kind of allows coaches an opportunity to build in a natural um, bye week to keep kids safe. Um, when you you look at uh, 
the way they make these regions, I, I don't think, you know, going with a top two is, is is the ideal situation. And I would just use my region where, you know, we we consider ourselves to be the, the SEC of South Carolina football with schools like North Myrtle Beach that just played in state championship. Myrtle Beach has won state championships in the last, you know, three years or so. Hartsville is always a contender in the state championship. And now we've got West Florence and South Florence along with Wilson and Darlington, um, you know, and at some point, and at most points, we could have five teams ranked in the top ten from out of our region um, legitimately. And in my history, since I've been here at Wilson, uh, we've been an at-large team at least twice and won our first-round game against a one seed. And so when you sit here and say, hey, you know, we're only going to take the top two teams and maybe a third team as an at-large, I, I think that's extremely unfair because the regions are um, made are made based on ge- geographic uh, situations. So, obviously, you don't want the teams to have to travel. Well, with that being the case, you know, right now, you know, there's just a lot of good football in this PD area and, and down to the beach in the Grand Strand. So, I, I really think that, um, you know, the way the high school league has been doing the, the playoffs in the past and, and also having a week zero in there to to allow us to have a natural bye week for safety, I think that that, that um, situation isn't broke, and I hope that they're going to keep that. Um, I think that's good for kids' safety, and I also think that that gives all these, these programs that have really worked hard throughout the season, it gives them an opportunity to define success by saying, hey, we made it into the playoffs and, and actually have an opportunity to, to to actually go and win or play for a state championship as a at large or a four seed or a three seed, which is a very special story. Yeah, definitely a big story. And he talks about Coach Derek Howard, the head football coach over there, of course, uh, at Wilson High School over there in Florence, South Carolina, talks about the teams. Now, if you would take it in the 90s and, of course, uh, take out Myrtle Beach and North Myrtle Beach and throw in Dillon and Marble County, Sacristy and Conway, that was our region, and we played the, 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 the that that gauntlet of uh, Darlington and Florence County. It was uh, you know, very interesting. Never a dull moment. Every game was like a Super Bowl or a, a World Series, depending on the sport, depending on the action. It was definitely uh, always, and it still is, even with Myrtle Beach. And as you saw, North Myrtle Beach uh, having their success. And you guys, Hartsville, you named them. And uh, of course, we had West Florence head football coach on. Uh, last week with us, Coach. Uh, let's talk a little bit before we get you out here about some of your gamers coming back this year. Uh, high expectations, man. It, it doesn't matter the year because the expectations stay the same, and that is win the state championship, Coach. So tell me about some of the – I don't want to say dogs. Let's say tell us about some of the Tigers that you guys have coming back next year. Oh, always. We always have a special, talented group. Um, we'll have a, a, a good bit of guys returning on our defensive side of football. Um, a couple of guys I really want to pinpoint. Uh, A.J. Williams will, will be a uh, special piece in the defensive backfield. Um, as a defensive back, he, he's not the biggest kid in the world, but I tell you what, he loves the challenge, and by far he's, he's one of our better football players, um, and he will cover you. And, and, and I think that, um, you know, he's been all region uh, two years in a row, and he's been been a starter for the last three, and this will be his fourth year. And, and so really excited about what he brings to the table. 
uh, Josh McPherson will, will be a junior next year at linebacker. And Josh uh, has got D1 size. He's about 6'2", uh, 225 pounds. And, and um, you know, whether we're playing him at inside linebacker or if he's rushing off the edge, um, he's going to be a special talent and someone you want to look at. Um, along with uh, Daniel Roberts with the, in the trenches, uh, and, you know, Daniel's story is amazing. Uh, he came off a devastating uh, knee injury his sophomore year. And I'm telling you, um, playing baseball, he tore everything that you can imagine and, and had dropped toe on everything and um, just worked really hard and, and came back and, and was a little slow coming on his junior year. But by the end of his senior year, he was, he was a plugger. He was making a lot of plays for us. So we look at him to anchor our defensive line along with a, a young up-and-coming guy, Chance Cummins. And um, on the offensive side, you know, we're missing a special piece. And uh, Zayshon Rice, who was a 4A uh, quarterback of the year um, back during his junior year and, uh, you know, really had a good senior year as well. So we'll be uh, replacing him with, uh, you know, right now we've got two quarterbacks that are working really hard in Jaron Waiters and Brian McCart. They're both sophomores. Um, they're both, both nipping at the bits to get at it, and, and they both can, can, can either throw it or, or run it. Um, whatever you need from them, and, and they'll be anchored by uh, Jaquarius McKnight, Big Daddy, uh, 6'2", 290 pounds. He'll be a three-year starter at guard. So we're excited about the group. Uh, we got some special athletes um, on the outside, uh, Donnell Williamson and, and Zonde Butler, who's uh, our, our, probably our best basketball player on our basketball team. So that lets you know he, he's a pretty pretty talented kid. So uh, we got a good group of kids coming back, and, and everybody's been working out since January. And so, so we're ready to start getting ready for spring football in the next couple months. Well, Coach, music, sounds, and words, uh, of course, uh, that we appreciate, and that is spring football. And, uh, of course, uh, the vote that was heard around the state was uh, the unanimous vote to allow our young athletes to do some spring ball, of course, here in the next few months. Uh, Coach, as always, we appreciate your time. We appreciate the support, the uh, the love you give Southern Sports Central. I'm coming that way. I just got to look at some calendars, some dates, and make sure that I've got a weekend that I can find to come over there. And I just hope and pray it's a home game because I don't I don't mind watching you on the road, but I'd rather watch you over there as uh, the band gets down and of course the tailgating and, and all that fun stuff happens. And oh by the way, we watch some good football and you guys win a game on a Friday night with us. There you go, Richie. Like I said, man, I'm gonna hold you to that. Expect to see you soon. <laughs> You got it, buddy. God bless you. Thanks to family, and uh, we look forward to getting you back soon, Coach. All right, brother. Have a good one. All right, guys. Quick break. Not a, not a long one at all as we got the bus leaving from Wilson High School. That is in Florence, South Carolina, 95 South, down to I-26, and it's pulling into the campus of Ashley Ridge in Somerville, South Carolina, with a good buddy of mine and, of course, Eugene, and that is a guy known as Shane Fiddler who I think got one of the best, uh, well, Friday night rituals, win or lose. You want to hear the story right after this, guys. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Southern Sports Central and an introduction to the big man himself right now. Welcome, everybody, back Southern Sports Central. I'm Richie Aubman alongside Eugene Benton on the other side of the glass, taking your calls, hitting up social media, at SO Sports Central on Twitter, 
Southern Sports Central on Facebook. We're hanging out on the gram at Southern Sports Central. And tonight, right now, a good buddy of ours and the head football coach at Ashley Ridge is Coach Shane Fiddler. Coach, bringing you Stone Cold style here on a Monday night, buddy. Welcome back. Yeah, I think that's the first time I've ever been introduced by Stone Cold theme. So that, that was pretty cool. <laughs> and how about the – Eugene's pretty good with the graphics. I got to give him a little bit of love. Every night he's like, you never ask him about my graphics. So let me tell you, you like the graphics? <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. I think you're doing an awesome job with those graphics, making all the coaches look pretty cool on there and making us look, uh, you know, more important than we are, right? Hey, man, I tell you what, you guys are the main course on Friday Night Lights. I love our athletes, man, but I tell you what, without you coaches, man, this makes it a long night and a long conversation, and I could not be more proud of our coaches in the state and you guys getting together a couple of weeks ago, right before the, the commissioner and the group got together on Wednesday, I believe the coaches committee, you guys were in a group text or somewhere, right, hanging out and, yeah. and communicating, saying, look, this spring thing, <laughs> it's not – it doesn't have to happen. It's going to happen. And I thought you guys did a great job of getting ahead of the storm uh, on a Tuesday and, of course, making it unanimously getting us back our spring practice coming up in a couple months. Yeah, shout-out to Coach Perry Woolbright at Lexington. You know, he's our 5A lower state representative. He did an awesome job communicating with all the 5A lower state coaches, you know, getting our opinions, getting them together. Uh, all, of course, all the coaches across the state in our uh, – we have a little group chat um, on um, an app called GroupMe, and everyone's voicing their opinions and what they thought. And, you know, Dean Boyd kind of led the charge on that. And, you know, it seemed like everybody was on the same page and – and I guess our voices were heard uh, when it came to the executive committee with how they voted. Like you said, it was unanimous, and you know, I can't wait to have spring practice. I wish we obviously I wish we had it last year. As you know, our team improved every week, but you know we got it this year, so we got a chance to get rolling. Rolling with the man, with the plan, and that is the head football coach over there at Ashley Ridge, Coach Shane Fiddler. Now he came in taking over this team in, in, in a pandemic, and of course. Uh, you take the job, coach, you get the opportunity, and then they say, oh, by the way, you got to wait about, I don't know, four or five months before you can actually have a conversation with your kids face-to-face. i got to tell you what, from what I saw you guys uh, face-to-face on the world's longest pregame, it started on Friday, ended on Saturday when you guys played sports. <laughs> I was a part of that deal. That was a lot of fun to uh, just watching you guys just about a week after week. I thought you guys uh, – you know, you had you put you you put these kids in a chance every Friday night. They had a chance to win every night. It was not a game. I didn't feel like you guys didn't put something out there that gave you a chance to win. And for that, knowing that you were up against so many different things, uh, it was amazing. Not to mention, you know, our thoughts and prayers are still with uh, with your football player who who passed away uh, right before the season. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, we don't forget Amari ever. You know, we honor him still. His lockers. You know, still got his name tag on it, um, and you know we'll be honoring that. You know, this would be his senior year, so you know our kids, the way they work out and everything, and they're doing it to to make sure that uh, you know he would be proud of of what they're doing. And and you know, like you said, we went out there every week and and battled, and you know, our team got better every game. And as the season went along, the results started to swing our way, and that that was a great sign going into the off season. And just what I've seen so far from our kids this off season, and you know we got kids coming in shifts before school to lift we got some kids showing up at 6 30 to lift we got some kids at 7 30 some at 8 we got kids staying after school we got middle schoolers coming after school we got kids everywhere lifting in class out of class but they're they're buying in they're doing a great job you know coach 
B.J. Bellish and Joe Hoff running that weight room. They're doing a fantastic job getting these kids, um, you know, uh, stronger and faster and all the things that we need to be successful on Friday nights. Talking about being successful, and that is ending the show with uh, a big man on our campus right now, Shane Fiddler, of course, uh, hanging out in the swamp with uh, Ashley Ridge. And, of course, uh, such a success, Coach. Uh, but your tradition, I, the, the, <laughs> Eugene and I chuckle about this because we tell this story to everybody. Your nose ought to itch or your ear or whatever it is when somebody's talking about you because I think it's great. Now, I'm going to let you tell the story. When you win, life is good. Oh, life is good in the Fiddler house. But, oh, when you, when you don't get the dub, Coach, it's a special spot just for you. Yeah, so it started at walk them all You know, obviously it took us a little bit to get that thing rolling. There were some, you know, Friday nights where we'd lose and I would be at the school till 4 or 5 in the morning, you know, watching film, trying to figure out, you know, what we did wrong, what we can do better. And then I would go home and I would just, you know, I don't want to change. I'll just crash on the floor as opposed to getting in the bed or whatever. Well, it slowly evolved to where if we lose, I sleep on the floor. My wife even has a little blanket and a pillow on the floor for when I get home saying, if you want the bed, you got to win because winners get rewarded, losers don't. So that's just <laughs> how we roll in our house. And, you know, that it's, I, I hope to get the bed a lot more because I'm, I'm, I hate sleeping on the floor. And he likes to win so much. Uh, congratulations, Coach, uh, for those who may or may not know. I mean, here's all this craziness going on. And, by the way, him and his uh, wife uh, have their first child, who, by the way, his name is? Win. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're winning whether or not. Win, that win's always in the bed, I'm sure, uh, whether you win that Friday night or not. Absolutely. And he uh, he got to enjoy the winner's huddle after the last one. We um, Our last game there against Conway, you know, after we won, I brought, you know, she rolled up with the stroller and I grabbed him and took him in the team huddle with us. We did our prayer and spoke to the team and I want him to be around it more. And you know, I heard y'all talking to uh, Coach Crosby earlier and he talks about how cool it is that his son's now involved in coaching. I'm not saying my son has to be a coach one day, but I think that'd be a pretty cool story just like they got going on. Yeah, it's even cooler when you get these guys coaching all across the way, man. I tell you, that might be something that we put on a Saturday showdown. I kind of wish they would take, you know, our game of the week and move it to a Saturday in the low country. That would give uh, a, a ton of opportunity. I know they're going to be competing with, uh, with with colleges, so maybe they do it on a Thursday night or something. But uh, that being said, uh, you know, you come into an area where, you know, you've got Coach Laprad, who's, uh, you know, he's in North Charleston, but he's right here in the Dorchester County area. Uh, you've got another coach hanging out over there at Somerville. Even though he's a new coach, he's familiar with Somerville. He went to Somerville, but he's been an assistant coach over for, for about 14 years. And uh, here you come in, the young gun, man, the young, energized, yet uh, everybody really all the way from your high school team to the youth programs uh, loves the energy that you bring to our community, Coach. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the only way to do it. That's the only way I know how to do it is, is, is full on, all in, you know, you know, you got to connect your high school program to your youth program. You know, you got to show everybody that, that, you know, that you're there, you support them. And, you know, I, like I said, we have our, our youth teams. Uh, when, we're, when we're going off the practice field, they're coming on. So we get to see them every night that they have practice. They play games at our facility. We make sure our coaching staff is there to attend. Some of our coaching staff, their kids that are, you know, football, you know, youth football age, they're playing for the team. So, you know, we're trying to build a, a full Ashley Ridge community. You know, it's it's not a 
it's not a new school, but it's not an old school. I think it's what 13 years old, 14 years old. So, you know, we're trying to build that, you know, Ashley Ridge community out of, you know, the Somerville Fort D, you know, blocks that have been there for forever and ever. Um, but, you know, I'm starting to see those things uh, take place. We got, you know, great youth director and Gary Birdsong. They're doing an awesome job with that group. And, you know, Corey Harrison, our B team, you know, those guys are doing an awesome job developing our kids, you know, cause we're here for the long term. We want to win long term. We want to turn this thing into uh, a, a contender year in year out. We want to, you know, we want to be in Columbia playing for the title and it takes full buy-in from top to bottom to do that. Hanging out in our own backyard here in uh, Somerville, South Carolina, but we mentioned Ashley Ridge because that's the high school that the bus is parked at with their head football coach, Hayden Fiddler, and he has completed year one during the season, preparing now for year two. And actually, uh, this is kind of new territory for Coach because he came in during that pandemic, but yet now he's having an opportunity to work out in the weight room this time of year. And, again, not the conversation this time last year, but before we talk about the upcoming season, uh, so many of your guys have, have gotten some great recognition. One of those is Hampton Smith, the kid who – uh, you know, again, has put in a lot of work along with a lot of your seniors that will be graduating here in the next couple of months, uh, heading to play college ball. Talk about some of your uh, some of your big dogs that are going to be playing at the next level, or maybe they're just going to go to college or go do the trade, but what they left and the legacy during this pandemic for you guys over at Ashley Ridge. Yeah, we had two kids sign on signing day. We had Hampton Smith. He's going to Newberry, you know, uh, <laughs> team captain won our, uh, our our legacy award which we call the hunt award you know hunts our team motto you know uh, hard work unselfishness no excuses toughness that's how we we're building our program and you know he lived up to that his teammates voted him to win that award we hung a plaque of him in our football hallway uh, for future Ashley Ridge football players to see forever uh, you know he he's earned earned it to go up there to Newberry great division two program they you know they do an awesome job of recruiting our in-state kids and and getting them in the, on that campus and building a good program there. So we're excited for him and that opportunity. Uh, Khalil Whitaker, uh, who was uh, also a team captain for a strong safety outside linebacker kid, he is going to Eastern New Mexico. I know a lot of people ask me how he ended up there. Well, his, his dad played there and his mom went there, and that's where his parents met. So it's like a legacy thing for him uh, to go out there to uh, uh, Eastern New Mexico. And, you know, he's – He's looking forward to that opportunity. He's got, you know, has some family out there to make sure he's good. He's going to do an awesome job out there. He's going to fit into their plans and what they're doing schematically very well. We have a few other kids who are uh, still talking to some schools, and we're trying to get them uh, placed into the right spots for them, you know, Latrell York and Troy Grant and Jaden Lee and, and some others. So we're trying to get them them set up for the best opportunity. You know, we have some other kids, too, that have been doing things like, We've been getting them set up for the ASVAB. You know, maybe that's the option for them to go to the military. we got some other kids that are, you know what, I want to go to the Citadel and just, you know, get a great degree and create a network and move on and, you know, work on the next phase of my life. And we're supporting all our guys in whatever they they choose to do and make sure they have something after Ashley Ridge and it just doesn't end, you know, at Ashley Ridge or in the Somerville area and they can go on and do whatever they would like to do with their life and live to their dreams. Hanging out with a coach that we enjoy it every time he gets a chance to catch up with us, whether it be over there at the Skype Youth Program, which he did that on a Saturday night. Him and Wynn actually hung out in the booth. We did some pregame and some halftime conversation in here tonight. He's our, uh, you know, our grand finale on the coach's corners as we wrap it up here in our own backyard. 
over at Ashley Ridge High School with Coach Shane Fiddler, who is going to do some big things, continue to do big things on and off the field. Man, you are a big community guy, Coach. I mean, I think that's something that we talked a little bit about just moments ago, but it's not just in the youth program. I see your kids really in community activities, be it in, in, in grocery stores where they're out there doing things or, or just certain areas where they seem to, to be a, a light in our community here in Somerville. Uh, how, how big is that to you and, and, of course, your team that promotes, hey, look, do the right thing even when nobody else is watching? Absolutely. I think, you know, getting out there and serving your community is, is a great way to build uh, character in your guys and show them that it's bigger than just – football are bigger than themselves and, and over the uh, right before Christmas we were able to serve the Salvation Army and ring the bell for them one evening and it was cold rain but our kids stood out there and they did it and they did it with a smile on their face and they raised some good money for that organization and you know we're looking forward to being able to do some more of those things around the Somerville area obviously right now a lot of things that typically uh, have our kids do or signed up for kind of on hold because everything with COVID and but we're, you know, as this, as COVID starts to, I won't say go away, I think that's a bad way to look at it, but as, as the restrictions start to get lifted and, and opportunities start to arise more and more for our guys to get out there and serve, we're going to be doing it. You'll see us out there. And, and you know, there's always the Fort D or the Somerville people like, oh, you know, I'm a Fort D guy, whatever. And we just say, you know what, go Foxes. You know, thank you for, for loving high school football. Thank you for your support. And, you know, good, good luck to everybody. It's the triangle love here in Somerville, right here in Dorchester, uh, too. Now, uh, you guys uh, started today back full capacity, right? I mean, th- that had to oh, be yeah, awesome. uh, a huge step. Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm happy we're back in school. I, I think it's great for the kids to have the opportunity to be in front of their teachers every day. And, and I think it's good for the social development of our kids. And, you know, in the weight room had an energy today that we haven't had yet because it was more than just half of them. So it's just, it's getting exciting, and, and, you know, obviously the key is for everyone to stay safe and to follow the guidelines that, you know, DD2 and CDC and DHEC and all that want us to follow. We'll make sure we do that. And, and But, you know, it's just great to have everyone back together. You know, it felt like the first day of school today, you know, in August, but it's, it's February. So um, we're just, you know, happy we're back, and now we just got to make sure we're safe so we can continue to be in school and, and give these kids the best education and opportunity that, that are possible. Do it the right way for the right results, Coach, uh, and, and I love it. As I, of course, uh, always enjoy having you in here with us, Coach. Now, we look at, the course, what the spring looks like. Uh, some of the smaller schools in our state are playing football. I saw Furman under action uh, this past Saturday, and a few other schools were kicking off. Do you, you like seeing some of these schools in action in, in, a, in a year that, that has been weird, but yet you're able to watch some of your kids go to these campuses, not playing a Friday night, so we're not talking about ice baths or, or sore ankles, they're actually able to go in and, and be healthy and actually enjoy <laughs> watching the football game. Yeah, yeah. These schools are sending out information now about getting their kids on campus to visit. Uh, I, I really wish that some of these major networks would pick up some of these games so that way these programs could get more exposure. I think that would help uh, you know them with players and, and fans and parents and everything, You know, seeing them on TV, and that's just more exposure for – for those guys and those, you know, those programs and those kids playing. Uh, so I hope, I hope that they, they start to do that. And, you know, and, and I think that all these schools are going to open up and start bringing people on campus. And like you said, they're not hobbling in after a long bus ride. And, you know, like you said, hurt ankles and ice baths are actually going to be a little bit more healthy, but I, you know, 
we encourage all our kids to play a sport every season. So you'll start to see some, um, you'll start seeing conflicts with track meets and baseball games and soccer games and all, you know, all the spring sports that that'll happen too, but that's okay. You know, I think playing as many sports as possible and getting the best high school experience that you can is important. And, and I think it makes you a better athlete. I think there's, there's consistently statistics that prove that. And, you know, you look at the best athletes in the world, you know, they multi-sport guys, you know, you always use the, the LeBron James example, right. And, you know, and, and the Aaron Judge example. So those things just go on and on. But, you know, hopefully um, every athlete that, that wants the opportunity to go visit somewhere and gets that opportunity are able to. But, you know, if they're not because of uh, sports conflicts, that's that's an okay reason. Wrapping it up here with their head coach from Ashley Ridge, and that, of course, is Coach Shane Fiddler. Now, Coach, uh, did you like the new playoff system? Did you like starting after Labor Day? You, you heard one of the coaches just moments ago, he likes week zero and it gives them the bye and all that. Uh, perfect scenario, you're that guy in charge. What type of season would you like to see? Um, starting after Labor Day I thought was smart because of, you know, the heat and the acclimation and everything. I just know that poses some problems with all-star games down the road. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, this year we would have made the playoffs if we would have had a normal playoff year. So, obviously, we're going to advocate for that playoff system. That's, you know, and you have plenty of examples of, teams are three or four seeds going through and playing or winning a state title. So there's you know a lot of that. Uh, but, you know, the week zero thing, I'm kind of indifferent on that. We, we our buy is week zero. That's when we do the Dorchester uh, showdown. So, uh, you know, if we get rid of that, that's, I, I really, I'm really indifferent on that. But, you know, I think starting after Labor Day was smart. However, uh, it just poses issues with, with the all-star games, everything down the road. I think get all those details worked out and we can start a little later and, and, you know, and they kind of adjust the basketball and the baseball seasons as well. So that way they can maximize those season sports as well. I, I you know, I'm all in for it, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of, my main focus right now is, is our program and our kids and our coaches and our community, you know, that stuff's for, you know, for, you know, the, the decision makers in Columbia and, and our representatives like coach Woolbright. Um, I think Coach Durham uh, at Andrews, he's on that committee as well. So we just voice our concerns, give our opinions to them, and then they go fight for us and that leave us to worry about our programs and take care of our business. Well, Coach, I always appreciate it, man. I want to catch up with you off the air, so I'll reach out to you here uh, maybe during the day tomorrow and kind of see what's happening. But uh, as always, man, I love having you part of our show. I love the support you give Southern Sports Central, myself and Eugene, of course, big fans of you and your family, and, of course, big win over there. And uh, yeah. the real winner is, uh, you know, I know Miss Filler. She's over there keeping all you guys in check. That's right. She's looking at me right now, staring at me, <laughs> wondering, wondering why I'm telling everyone about her, her, you know, making the losers bed for me. But you know, you guys, Southern Sports <laughs> Central, you know, we appreciate what you guys do for the for the kids and high school football and high school sports in general. You know, those all star games that y'all did with the the Blitz uh, were awesome. We hope that stuff continues and expands and. You know, keep providing opportunities for our kids and our keep growing our game. Thank you, guys. Hey, man, always a pleasure, Coach. Uh, tell everybody over there, thank you for hang, letting us hang out with you guys. And, of course, uh, we'll get you back in here real soon. Thanks, Coach. That sounds good. Go Foxes. All right, guys, there you go. What a lineup and what a grand finale is. Uh, we want to thank uh, the Ashley Ridge head football coach, Shane Fiddler, joining us here tonight. And, again, he's got so many 
so many great stories that, uh, you know, this is a very passionate coach, uh, you know, and all of our coaches are. But, you know, when he came to Charleston, you know, it's me. I knew him in his days at Waccamaw, watching him with the band in the stands or on the floor during a pep rally, banging the, banging the drum or with the cheerleaders doing their things or just, just whatever it took to show, hey, look, I'm, I'm part of, uh, you know, a tradition. I, I want to get it going in the right direction. And you saw it, you know, uh, not only by his words but by his actions. So, you know, uh, you, you look at what he's got to go against. And Ian Rafferty, who played in the league in the NFL, who played at Somerville, who played, you know, uh, at NC State, right? I mean, he's got that resume. Uh, and, oh, yes, uh, you know, he coached under uh, a coach that's still there, and, and that's Steve LaPratt over at Fort Worcester. He was there with him for 14 years. Of course, uh, Coach LaPratt's still around, still doing his thing uh, over at the fort. And, uh, you know, so Shane takes over a, a very uh, a tough task. But you know what? He indulges the opportunity. He embraces the, the possibilities and things that go along with it. And, of course, I'm excited to have him part of our family here at Southern Sports Central uh, Eugene, another great show. We've got about four minutes. Uh, we'll give it three. That way we don't get cut short. But uh, great group of guys tonight. We started off at uh, Catawba Ridge with uh, Coach Zach. We went over to Coach Crosby at Orangeburg-Wilkinson. We had Coach Seidel at Blythewood. Uh, Coach Howard over there at Wilson and wrapped it up just a minute ago with our buddy uh, over to Asher Ridge, and that's uh, Shane Fiddler, man. What a great lineup. And Wednesday looks to be another five-star uh, show on the horizon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's been a fun trip. You know, we, like you said, we started in the Rock Hill area. We hit Columbia. We hit Orangeburg. We hit Wilson. We, you know, brought the bus back home here in the Low Country. And, uh, you know, for those uh, programs we've already featured and those on tap for Wednesday and, and, and then the future, we look forward to meeting those coaches, having those coaches in, having those programs in. Because it's not just about football. It's about, you know, the schools, the programs, the athletes and everyone throughout the state as well as uh, other states. But, um, you know, it's been a great show. we got a, a big show on tap for Wednesday. Again, we'll continue what we're doing. Uh, and that's getting the word out and, and giving these coaches and, and players a chance to come in and talk about, you know, what they're doing, uh, where they come from, how they got to where they are. It, it's a fun journey to, to get these guys. I mean, you, you heard earlier, you know, we started out with a coach who started out in Pittsburgh. We had a coach who started out in upstate New York and brought their, you know, their love and their ambition and, and talents to South Carolina to train kids and to coach kids and just learning the differences in, you know, the programs where they started and where they are and the excitement and everything else. is It's a fun, fun journey. Uh, and, and one of the biggest parts is learning where they come from, where they're at, how they got there and, and all that good stuff. And, Again, you know, we're we're bringing the coaches in. You know, we hope to expand on that, start bringing the athletes in as well. And just like we pushed out earlier, you know, basketball is winding down. Uh, We're in the playoffs. We had wrestling championships just crowned. Uh, We hope to get the wrestling coaches in here for the state champions, just like we did football. We're not just about football. We're about all athletics, boys and girls. And so hopefully as soon as the basketball winds up, uh, we'll be on to the spring sport. So spring sport athletes, spring sport coaches, we're here for you too. And we'll be getting those spring sports, whether it be baseball, soccer, track, et cetera, uh, you know, boys and girls. We'll have you guys in soon uh, to talk about your program and what you got going on. And so uh, it's an adventure. It's a ride. It's a fun ride, man. 
It's uh, not even a roller coaster because there aren't many downs. Uh, we're just going to keep going up. We're going to keep climbing the mountain together. Yeah, it's kind of like Daytona, the 500, where we just keep that gas, you know, the pedal to the metal, and we're hitting 200, man. We're just rocking and rolling and trying to keep it in between the lines. And uh, we did a great job tonight. By the way, Shane Fillers, the Northeastern guy, as well, I think Pennsylvania is, is home to him and uh, where he came from before uh, he landed on the Grand Strand up there at Waccamaw. But I do, again, want to thank the wives of these coaches and their families for allowing them to step away here tonight and to be a part of our show. Now, don't forget, tomorrow night, the West Foundation Sports Show, only right here at Southern Sports Central with Everett Sands, former running back for the Conway Tigers. He ran the ball for the Citadel. He was a coach at the Coast of Carolina, shot of clears, uh, NC State, South Carolina, University of Texas, San Antonio, and he's got another five-star guest list as well. It starts tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, guys. We'll be back, Eugene and myself, on Wednesday, 6 to 9. Follow us on Facebook, Southern Sports Central, and on Twitter at SO Sports Central. On behalf of Eugene and myself, God bless. Take care. Coaches, thank you for your time. And those who listen, thank you for the opportunity to hang out for a few hours, guys. God bless. Have a good night. Uh-huh.